Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Kyle, Luke, and Jimmy. We're going to be officially branding this series of episodes as our Binge With Us Rooks and Vets series. For those of you who followed us for Spartacus Season 1, Blood and Sand, then you know the drill. For new listeners, the way this format works is that two of our hosts who have seen a show before, our vets, will be joined on a panel with two hosts who have not seen the show before, our rooks and react in real time as we binge together. On today's podcast episode, we'll be covering episodes one and two of the Spartacus prequel season, Gods of the Arena. Let's get into it, gentlemen. After a satisfying conclusion to Blood and Sand, I personally was left wanting more, and it seems like through two episodes of Gods of the Arena, uh, they're going to be following the same formula that worked last season and with some new and some familiar faces in Capua. I love it. (laughs) Speaking of familiar faces... Uh, for everybody who didn't listen to season one, I'm Kyle. I am a resident vet for the show. I'm Luke. I'm the other vet, and I absolutely love this season so much. Yeah, it feels great to be back in Kapua. And I'm Jimmy. I'm one of the rooks, and I was very, very happy with season one, and I can't wait to finish this whole season with you guys. Yeah, and I am, like I said, Brian, I am the other rook. Um Let's get into it, guys. Let's do it. Episode one. I mean, right off the bat, we are seeing some of those familiar faces that I mentioned. It is Badiatis and Lucretia. We see as spectators in a little back. Great. Hold on, hold on. We're jumping too yeah. far because we get a solid 15 seconds of season one flashback. You're right. And it is right. just, okay, some highlights that I wrote down, which are just <laughs> basically sum up season one, right? Uh, one of the quotes we get right away is, there's only one path to dominance. We kill them all. And it flips right to the fucking shield jump, which, hell yes. Yeah, I had to do that. Absolutely. And it's just, we get a little bit of a montage, you know? And is that, that's uh, Andy narrating, right? Could not tell He gets yet. an uncredited narration at some point, I know. It's probably that then. Yeah, I believe that's, that was him. I don't know if there's more narration towards the end of the season, but I know he definitely has an uncredited narration. Now, now we can jump to to the opening scene in the old arena. Yeah, little tiny John. Is that even? Do we even call that an arena? It's so yeah. small. It looks like it's like a, a like marketplace a or something. But yeah, hey, I baby, guess it, the I arena guess is it. less a place, like a physical place, and more about the people around you watching you fight. I would say. Are you saying it's a vibe? It's I would say vibe. yeah, it's a vibe. No, but I do actually think I picked up on something that I haven't before, and I think I think this is just an interim arena. Like there was a big semi-big normal arena that we're used to and then they moved to this small one where they made it bigger which is what we end up seeing yeah, in the first season right. we get some of the flashbacks of body dad's legends and they are in like a normal not a normal size arena but a little bit smaller but way bigger than what we're seeing here so this is like an interim because they know that the new arena is on the way that was literally one of the first questions i was going to ask you guys as the vets if that was an interim arena because it just seemed like there had to be some other bigger arena before they never clarify. That was just me, yeah. just, you know, intuition. Yeah. And Devil's Advocate flipping the other side of the coin could be that Body Odyssey's memory of the arena is a lot bigger when those flashbacks happen because he was a little kid, but fuck that. Whatever. Anyway, though, I'm going to paint the scene in this small-ass arena. So we get Body Odyssey, Lucretia, and Salonius is hanging out with them, too, which is, if we've seen Blood and Sand, this is red flag number one. Body Odyssey and Salonius are getting real chummy. They're acting like they're lifelong friends. I was like, 
what did I miss? Yeah, but it's, what, you know, it's it's decades prior. No, no. I was looking on the wiki, and I, I guess I never knew this before, but it, it takes place roughly five years before five Spartacus years. gets there. And it makes a lot of sense when you're that thinking makes, about Barca and, like, yeah. his age and Asher. Like, it, it, it makes sense. Okay, but seeing them as friends was just, like... A lot can happen in five years. Unnatural. Yeah, yeah we're going to... I. That was the first thing where I'm just like, okay, so we're going to find out why they hated each other. Right so much but anyway so they're at this small arena and you kind of find out that body has his his guy is in this small scale you know small stakes arena games i guess you would say and our boy ganicus is that guy yeah he gets he gets introduced and body is already like kind of you could you could see that he's like a little bit of has the scheming mind already. He's looking over at the main um what is it what do they call the area where whatever it's where the main dais, place but... where you sit with where the magistrate sits and mm-hmm. you know all the honored guests. So he's already scheming like the minute number box, one of yeah. like thinking about how we got to make sure my champion gets seen by the highest Roman that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So and that highest Roman that's going to be there is the magistrate Sextus, um, who has not yet arrived, and you kind of get some some background that the best they're essentially saving the best but the best fights for later in the day none of the good fights happen before midday sun has passed so the magistrate all the important people don't even bother showing up and when gannicus arrives there's a fight that's going on right when we enter the scene and it's two people with helmets just nobody's i think think that's when he's talking to shit about iadis is about like you mm -hmm. know like he's talking to shit on the other lanista um vettius who we find out is just he's going to be a thorn in the side for the rest of the season um but yeah so like you know like i mean and it's also body guy who loses you know because he's pissed when he when he sees him lose you know Mm -hmm. So we kind of get this already Badiatis is power hungry. He thinks that he should be in the viewing box, like considered kind of in the same air as those higher up people. Um, and he shouldn't be relegated to these essentially meaningless fights. He believes mm-hmm. that his gladiators are the cream of the crop. He's got his boy Gannicus, who before we even see him on screen, we can tell Badiatis thinks he, he caught lightning in a bottle with this guy. He thinks the world of him. Um, and he's just hoping that this magistrate arrives before Gannicus starts the fight so that he can, you know, brag. prove that he's something. Yeah, brag. Yeah, yeah, brag. Yeah, yeah, show off his yeah. wares, if you will. Kyle, you got something? Watch Gannicus just, you know, paint the sand with people's blood. Dude, when he walks in, man, like, you can tell, like, he just has the charm, oh, yeah. dude. He's got the beautiful smile. He's got the charisma. He's copping the shit. <laughs> He's got the cool-ass hair. There's girls in the stands, these small-ass stands that are already – Fans of Gannicus whipping out Blasting their tits. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Gannicus. And he's rocking that look that we all know and love from season one with a little bit of the you know light armor, the double swords. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. he walks in and it's like, oh, this guy means fucking business. We are having some shades of of that Spartacus vibe, just walking out like he owns mm-hmm. the place. I I could just tell right away. This is Gannicus. This yep. is the guy. We're gonna love him. He's he's our boy. Dude, he is the he's definition the of a true dual wielder. He they, they I think like because Obviously, the prequel season was made after the first, and I think they just turned it up a little bit on the quality of the dual-wielding style. Um, just as they grew, got more fans and got more money and stuff, like they made Gannicus use the shit out of the dual swords. Because we always made that that thing about how every time Spartacus drops one of his dual swords, he never picks it up. Yep. I, they completely dropped that for Gannicus. He always is using the dual swords. Yeah. 
it's awesome yeah. and he should be i love that we made a point of that that spartacus didn't do it and now Ganicus is because they, it's kind of theatrical how he like maneuvers back to the swords that he loses mm-hmm. too it's impressive that he's able to get him back yeah. it's all show for him yeah i mean he just you know revels in the i don't even know what to say the, the theater of it all yeah, yeah. The i mean that's like his that's where he feels alive he literally gets cut once and he just like I'm like I'm fighting him with two hands. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> badass. Yeah. Throws the sword yeah. down and just walks up like boxing yeah. style and just starts beating the shit yeah. out of him, dude. There was some key. There were some really badass moments in this first scene, and they knew they had to go off with a like a bang. Like he was doing his parkour off the corner. Yeah, that's the best part. Like, it was just a 180, and he comes back around and like cuts through the nape of the neck. Yeah. It was it was just so cool. On sight and sight. and, and yeah, literally. And seeing only two episodes, that already looks like his finishing move. He's done it a few times already. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Scout, and he yep. likes that call. Yeah, yep. the shield yep. Um, But, yeah, so I believe strike one against Vettius was that he was the one that got to announce the fight. I don't think Badiatis uh, – did we already touch on that? No, I mean, um, I'm just saying, like, you could just tell that Badiatis so, yeah. does not respect Vettius. And not only he, – he, it feels like the Salonius – rivalry of last season like mm-hmm. he has this ill will towards him he wants to be the better lanista and he wants to be the one that gets to you know trot around his champion gladiators but obviously this scene he takes a couple of l's um including like the end of the fight when we're having ganicus go around did you, did you want to touch on anything else in the fight i think we no. Were- no. yeah i mean the only thing that happens is like brian was saying he's going for the kill shot and body eyes is screaming wait 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 until sex thing and oh, tell yes. show up um, and then literally two seconds after he kills them, they show up, you know? Yeah, it's kind of cool, though, to see how, like, it wasn't even a question in Badiatis' mind if Ganicus was going to win, because obviously he was going to win. It was just, relax, slow down. Like, yeah. wait, you yeah. know? Yeah. So cool, because like, Ganicus boy, was so superior. His boy, Salonius. Yeah. But it gives him, it gives him a little perspective, and he says, you know, good Salonius has no gladiators <laughs> at the game. <laughs> Low-key, my favorite part of the episode was Salonius referring to himself as good Salonius. Yeah, that's part awesome. He is good Salonius, though. Yes. So far, he has he has done nothing to cross body artists. <laughs> no, not, too- not beyond repair. So I'm I'm very interested to see what, what goes on there. But Should we afterwards, talk about- oh, no, after you. Yeah, Ganicus is what sauntering through the locker room, for back of a better term makes eye contact with a certain guy who clearly they have, I guess, somewhat of a rivalry. They know each other at some point, and they talk a little shit back to each other. That'll come back a little later. Yeah, that is, as we later find out, that's Vettius' gladiator. Yeah, that's one of Vettius' gladiators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to say, should we talk about the elephant in the room? Is Sextus the one who gets his uh, face stabbed through? Yeah, that's the same Sextus. Yeah, so he is the magistrate that, Obviously, we know he's going to survive this season because he's he dies in the season one finale when the shield jump happens and Spartacus is going for the first kill to Badiatis and Badiatis quickly grabs a random person. That's Magistrate Sextus. And it's the same actor. Do we know that? I, I, I would have to check. I, I, have to check yeah. too. I, I think so, though, because the wiki, you know, it outlines all of his roles. I mean, all of his plot points in both Gods of the Arena and Blood and Sand. Cool. So we good with that? Yep. Good to move on? Okay, so leaving this smaller arena with the games, we have Badiatis and Salonius just kind of just kind of shooting the shit. They're always, they're very power-hungry people. They're just plotting. Plotting out loud together, though, is the point. They're friends now. And they're just talking, how are we supposed to secure our position as respected Lenista? You know, people aren't really taking us as seriously as we'd like. They're walking past the construction site of the new arena, and they both just kind of, 
say we got to get in the opening games for this arena and they're planting those seeds but we get a new character introduced here in Gaia who is you know uh, she shows up Lucretia's there they seem to be like old friends um, and essentially Gaia says that her late husband, husband right. is, yeah she has a deceased husband who is very rich in Rome um, and she's essentially just there, single and ready to mingle. Hell I guess, yeah, for is. lack of a better word, Gaia. But this is a new character who is going to be important. Going Another forward. new character who's going to be important that I guess we gloss over a little bit, which one of my favorite parts of this episode is, uh, I think it's Batiatis tells a, a slave or someone, like, go tell Doctore to do whatever. And then he goes into, like, I guess a viewing box where all of the Linista's Doctores are. And he says Doctore and you're kind of expecting on a mask to turn around, but it's just this man we've never seen before rocking the title of our boy, Dr. Detective Doctor. It's not our boy. Yeah, man. right. I like that part a lot. I'm going to be referring to him as the OG Doctor, just to keep it straight, because I know it's harder for you, for you new guys, because we basically called him Doctor. Yeah. On a mask, Doctor, all last season. You know, so I'm just going to keep calling him OG or OG Doctor. That's almost, side note, that's almost more confusing because in my eyes, yeah, on a mask, is always going to be the OG Doctor. I heard that. Triple D. But for the purposes of the podcast, yeah. new Doctor A is OG Doctor A. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Newly right, sorry. Here. <laughs> I, I just didn't want to skip that part because I really liked it. And I thought it was like a little music and he does like the, the face turn reveal. And it's like, who the fuck's this guy? Okay, so now we get Gaia, who I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just a Gaia fucking simp. Like, I love Gaia. So... If there's any negativity, let's just get it on the table right now, Jimmy. Yeah, so <laughs> Gaia is also Lila from season two of Dexter. And if anyone's seen Dexter, she's not the best character. So it was actually very hard for me to separate that to start. I think by the time we were halfway through episode two, I started to separate it more easily and it wasn't a problem. But I just kept getting visions because that's the only time I've ever seen her before. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge Dexter fan. So I've seen Dexter a lot. And her as Lila just kept popping up in my head, you know. But, I mean, as Ga as a character, Gaia, I'm, I'm fine with her, you know. Especially when you just naturally have to compare Gaia to Alithia as right. Lucretia's man. Yeah, like, true. Jesus, Gaia is the best character ever. Oh, head and shoulders. Sucks. Yeah. 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 And she's beautiful. Come on. She's great. <laughs> right, so Gaia. back to the story at hand. Yes, back yeah. to the plot indeed. <laughs> So what, Salonius and Batiatis are strolling through the marketplace discussing uh, plans for the future to get into the new arena when nature calls. Oh my gosh, yeah, you like it. <laughs> I like this like part this. a lot. Yeah. They're waiting in line to use the public restroom. They finally get their turn, and Batiatis, instead of taking a piss, just squats on the public bathroom, takes a shit while Salonius is peeing. They're just having their, ca you know, their casual conversation, plotting. Another then, guy just dropping one right next yeah, to Yeah, just like, everyone's hanging out, all going to the bathroom together. And then to wipe, this slave hands him a stick from a bucket. A single stick. No one gets their own stick. Everyone uses the same stick. It's disgusting. <laughs> so he wipes his ass with this stick, hands it back to the man. And then they get a cold rag, a wet rag, and they both wash their hands with the same rag. And then business no goes flinching. on as usual. No Dude, flinching whatsoever. I can't even, like... I'm so happy you talk about it the way you do because, like, 
I don't know why, but when I think of Spartacus, sometimes this scene just pops into my head. <laughs> and I, of course, I like took way detailed notes ready to talk about this shit, and you just nailed it. It's so that funny. That scene just <laughs> sticks with me. For this some shit, time. literally. Yeah. I'm glad they put it in there because I never really gave much thought to how ancient Romans yeah. took a shit. I, yeah, literally I, thought, really, I was waiting for it all in the first really season. Funny. I didn't remember if it was first or second season, so I was waiting for that so we could talk about it, but it happened. I mean, they're <laughs> obviously, I mean, just completely different society, just in terms of, like, how comfortable they are with naked bodies. Like, they don't care about anything. Oh, yeah. Shit. I mean, he's got nothing under those robes. He just lifts yeah, the Yeah, no, he lifts and them up and, and just squats right yeah. down. Another quick key piece of information we find out throughout this scene is that um, Bodyotis' dad, so Quintus's, Quintus's dad is in Sicily, Sicily or Sicilia? Did they call it? I all think, I know, all I remember is that he's away for his health. Yeah, I think it's whatever terms remember. to Sicily, or yeah. whatever. But yeah, so he's not around. Also, they kind of started shifting the conversation of their plotting towards Tullius, and they essentially identify him as a a key personnel in the construction of the arena. I think he supplies the slaves and some money. Essentially, the workforce, the construction force. So they say maybe we can curry favor with him and parlay that into getting one of our gladiators into the opening games. He's a former slave that is very rich and um, is going to be just a key part in Roman influence. He was a slave? No, no. Oh, sorry. Did I say slave? Former soldier. Okay. I was like, yeah. I was, yeah. Gonna, I was getting ready to yeah. say, yeah. damn, sorry good for that. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he was, a, he was a Roman soldier. But who is a slave? Right. And who is my goodness? Our boy. Dude, tell, Ooh, you two just walk well, me through what you were thinking. Like, well, the we intro just see Christmas. this long-haired stud muffin just <laughs> taking it to another slave, and Badiatis and Salonius mosey on over, and they're like, oh, saying something, because it's he was owned by Tullius at the time. Right. And Badiatis identified him as such and said, oh, let's... He essentially said, watch my plan in motion or something. Right. I'm going to yeah. start, start the ball rolling on getting Tullius's favor. Um, and he approaches um, just a, the, the, the slave, handler, yeah. the slave handler, who was about to discipline Crixus by essentially beating the shit out of him, posit- alluded to killing him. It's right? because Crixus, when Badiatis and Salonius were looking over, Crixus was making like a hassle and fighting another right. slave, mm-hmm. which is important for later. We'll talk about that later. Right. So Badiatis steps in and offers 50 denarii for. Uh, to buy Crixus, which the guy tells him that's way over his worth. He's only worth like 10 denarii. And he said, 50 denarii, a gesture of goodwill to Tullius. Make sure he knows that I did this. And like, here's another five to fatten your own purse. So Badiatis is getting Crixus. And the guy says he's worth nothing. He says, don't you see it in his eyes? He's got the desire, like the passion for the arena. I think the exact quote was, uh, don't you see it? Like, this guy gets pussy. (laughs) Is that what it was? How could I possibly forget? I was going to say, I can't talk about Crixus until Kyle drops the the line. But, Uh, I mean, you can see it in his eyes, dude. But, uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine being told, like, like someone's not worth the money and then he turns into Crixus, our boy? Another thing I noticed when I'm rewatching this season is I could be proven wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the writers of Spartacus do a, a more clear job of laying out denominations of money. Like they talk about amounts a lot more specifically in season two than one. So okay. like I wrote down exactly what you did, Brian. Like there was 50 denarii plus five, which you get reference to later. Like when, when, you know, like Lucretia's buying jewelry or something. Like, there's there's all these more references where we get hard numbers to know, like, actual amounts, which I just think it's, like, a cool little plot point because we get a value of the money. Yeah, I like getting immersed in the setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Agreed. How much was that necklace that she got? She got it for 20 and offered to get it sold back for 14 something like that? Was that this season or last no, season? No, that was last season. season. Was yeah, last that was like, was it was like 30 it, it was a she lot. Got it was for half. It was worth she like, got it back. Like yeah. if it was thirty, I think it was fourteen. Yeah, I think it was half. Something like that. Worth. Salonius and the, yeah, yeah. But that the point I was bringing up is like you don't. It's not as obvious because yes. they do a way better job in the second season, which I love. I always love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really all that goes down there. Uh, Crixus is now under the ownership of House Body Otis. Um, and then we take it back to the Ludus, unless you guys have anything else to add, where we kind of get this juxtaposition, whereas Gannicus is in is reaping the benefits of being the big man on campus essentially and he's drinking wine and fucking chicks mm-hmm. and we get these flash shots to all the other gladiators who are just hard at work in the loot as well he's just like Hell yeah. banging chicks and getting drunk and it's you know they're already like planting these seeds that if you're the champion of capua or the champion of house body Otis, like you're gonna get taken care of and we knew that Spartacus had all these opportunities last season, but right. obviously because of the character he is, like he didn't indulge in any of this. Right. Um, you know, Spartacus had pussy at his beck and call. Like yeah. Nero was like yeah, the pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depending on your perspective. So so Gannicus just takes advantage of the champion life, lit always like kind of, you know, sleeping in a little bit for training, yep. like always banging girls, drinking wine. You know, and he he's just the man. I just love Gannicus. <laughs> I want to hang out with him. But in these flash shots, what we do see for the first time is Gladiator Asher. Jimmy, yeah. what do you think about that? Just seeing him because I was just like, oh, Asher's a gladiator. This is awesome. And he's not. He doesn't have the mark yet. He no, looks freaking good, man. He looks nice and cut off. He's got oh, yeah. a sweet goatee going with the little ponytail thing going through it. It looks kind of like a, like it just reminds me of a snake. Yeah. Yep. Like kind of like maybe not a snake, but like like a pharaoh, like a little like, yeah. you know, oh, like yeah. the sarcophagus with little pharaohs. Yeah. And I think it's probably cool because the writers probably said like get bigger for this season because it would make sense that when he was training as a gladiator, he was bigger than he would have been in season one. You know, he didn't have to be right. ripped because he was he wasn't training. I ever. mean, they did so well, I think, at making everyone look younger. That yeah. matters, like. Body artist, Lucretia. Yeah, he's got a different hair. haircut that makes him look younger. Lucretia, too. Like, Asher. I think they did great with all that. Um, I mean, even right here, we see Barkin and um, Doctore. Not Animaeus. <laughs> yeah, Who are we talking about? Animaeus, yeah. <laughs> We've got to use Animaeus. Yeah, so, we, yeah, so we, yeah, we see Barkin and Animaeus, too, which I'm, I'm very happy that we're seeing Barka, and I'm very happy we're seeing Animaeus. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm just like let let's let me just talk about this real quick. I just wanted to know what you guys think. Like, do you think that obviously season one, we know that Lucretia and Badiatis die. So this all happens, and you know, obviously the prequel wasn't planned, and Andy Whitfield's situation forced them to do the prequel. So they must have been rushing, and they had to sign them back on for the prequel. Otherwise, we would have probably never seen them again, unless maybe flashbacks. You know, because they're dead. So I'm so happy that, that that this is a thing. They were probably more than happy to do it, though, since the show was such a wild success. Right. You know, it probably couldn't have been too hard. And also, uh, so we recently did an interview with Ruben DeJong, who plays the character Theocles, um, which you guys can hear on our on Benchtown TV podcast anywhere. But um, he actually ended up telling us, like, there was some talk about getting him involved in mm-hmm. season two but like he even told us like the 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 writers were pretty much 
short time because Andy recovered from his cancer. So they right. were going to go forward with doing the original story of just going of no prequel going, you know, continuing on. But, you know, when he got, when his sickness hit him again, they kind of had to scramble. And I'm sure they just took all of the positive feedback they got from, you know, how great Lucy Lawless is. And uh, I kind of forget Body Odyssey's actor's name. John Hanna. John Hanna. Yeah, how great they were. And they used that feedback to channel, you know, like this felt like a whole season of just, what was it called? Fan service. Like it was just so good. I honestly feel like if the prequel didn't exist and we just went into the two subsequent, three and four, if that's how you want to say it, if we would have just did that without Body Eyes and Lucretia, I would have felt like something was missing, to be honest. You know? Absolutely. This was just another way for them to cement them as main characters of the series. Because now instead of them just being in the first third, they're in half of it. Exactly. It was fan service. Think of the the people that we still have in it. We get Crixus back. We get Lucy Lawless back. We get like, it's it's just all so good. So yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the next character that we get to see is Melita, who mm-hmm. is going to be Animaeus' girl. Melita. 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 We actually see her in the beginning. Uh, She's in the stage. When they're in the arena and Gannicus is fighting, okay. she gets a quick shot of like a reaction to Gannicus fighting. We didn't know who she was. Yet. We don't know right. who she is right. now. And she just purpose- kind of be, seems to be like the new Navy, the new Mira. Exactly. She's just it's like Lucretia. She's always going to be next to Lucretia, yeah. just like Navy is for the whole Blood and Sand season. Yeah. That's her role. Yeah, so we have Melita. She's escorting the slaves back to the villa, and then she meets with Animaeus, and we find out that, that she's his wife. Right, and we heard a little bit about his wife right. in the last season, mm-hmm. which actually was an insanely important plot point because it connected him with Spartacus, like that wife connection that they had going on. And it's actually the only reason that he didn't, that Animaeus didn't basically kill Spartacus yeah. when he was doing a do when he was playing when Sarah died. Right, when he was so, planning the escape. This is just like the best building of lore around like Animaeus's whole backstory, and it's just it's just so. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and she's a great character. As she's well. amazing. Yeah, too. and I don't, I don't want to keep touching on this, but I feel like the prequel, it's like should have existed anyway. Like, a, you yeah. know, like it literally could have finding this first. stuff out. You know, yeah. is awesome. I think it would be very interesting to get someone who's never seen any of it and then watch the prequel first, and that then and then the Andy season, and then the subsequent last oh, two. That would be wild. It would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Question though, I kind of forget because it blends together a little bit. But for you guys, did we already know in season one, Blood and Sand? that Animaeus was a previous champion. We did did we not know that? All we knew was that he, he survived Theocles, Theocles and yeah. he's a beast. Like I don't think they ever said he was a champion. And I'm, that is a lot of the conversation that we get with him and uh, Melita, right? Like he says like we get it this is where we get to place a little bit of the setting in time where he says more than a year has passed since I faced Theocles. So now he's like in his own head like I'm recovered, I'm ready to go fight again. He's like, I was the previous champion. Like, I'm trying to re- yeah. re- re- retain that. I mean, if you're fighting Theocles, I'm assuming you're a champion. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have been the Primus. Yeah. I can't remember exactly if they said it. He doesn't really have much. I mean, he, his conflict in season one is honestly a little similar to OG Doctor's conflict in this season, in that he's getting a little kind of wary of what the hell's going on in the Ludus because mm-hmm. they're not doing things by the book. But this season, he gets a little more depth in his character where it's like personal things, like. He is trying to get back in the arena, and honestly, a lot of things are standing in his way. That's a good relation between OG Doctore and Blood and Sands, Animaeus Doctore, how they both kind of are the first ones to pick up on things aren't running how they should be running in the Ludus. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It's consistency uh, in the writing of the characters, oh, yeah. and it's just it's so good. It's so well done. 
But moving on, we get kind of a quick scene with Lucretia and Gaia. They're essentially just talking about why Gaia is here, what she's been up to. Gaia reveals that she is seeking a new husband, one that's rich. She says she's essentially become accustomed to a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. and she's a gold digger at this point, yep. which, you know, fair play to her. Um, is this and- in the villa? I think I so think because so. I because yeah, the yeah. reason I bring that up is because I think we, we this might also be the scene where we get um, we see Navia for the first time, okay. right? And then we also see um, the other I guess what do we want to call him handmade slave okay. uh, Diana Diana um, and then we also find out that Ganicus is a I think it's Ganicus the he's Gil? a, he's a Gil? Gil. I thought it was Kel Kel yeah Celtic yeah like Celtic Celtic Celt yeah 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 and the that's Kel- you love the nationalities and oh, I do too yeah. now that you pointed it out it's cool because this is the first person from this area too and he just yeah. he really does kind mm-hmm. of look unique with the long blonde hair mm-hmm. which you know I love it I love it yeah it would make sense yeah yeah so the arrangement um Essentially, Gaia says, hey, can you maybe let me stay at the villa while I mm. sort everything out? And this is just mirroring Alithia on Blood and Sand. Like, nice Alithia-style kiss, too, oh, in the lips. Oh, <laughs> There's a little love there, better there, kisses yeah. between these two, yeah. I would say. But we didn't get <laughs> no, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, the, I was we'll get to that. Forward, I wanted them to do what they do for Alithia's kisses all in the first season. Right. Once she goes and mm-hmm. she goes, ah. You know? <laughs> didn't do it but she's I, not malicious that's why right exactly yeah. so yeah guy is just gonna be around the ludus i think that's what they're establishing indefinitely um and it move. seems as though she's gonna yeah. be in a, a level-headed ally for house body is what is the vibe that i'm getting right now a powerful lady got connections is going to align herself with house body Otis. but so did alithia at first glance so mm-hmm. we'll see how that works no, out this is what a real friendship looks like in the Love room it. and high up female mm-hmm. circles not what alithia was bringing to the table that fake like you know backhanded compliments all yeah. the time well, Lithia was insecure right and there's yeah. not a drop of insecurity in gaia no not at all she's great so <laughs> we good on this relationship for rat now yeah Okay, so moving on, we get Crixus being taken to the holding cell, mm-hmm. and he meets his fellow new recruits, um, one of which is Asher. Uh, he is there with another person. The two of them are referred to as the Syrians, and then a third recruit named Indus. Um, Asher's friends, uh, his Syrian counterpart's name is Dagon. 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 So Dagon, Asher, Indus, and Crixus are the four recruits that have yet to receive the mark. Asher says our numbers used to be eight. They have since swelled to three. Crixus kind of looks at him and said, four now. <laughs> and it's just like, are these two going to be homies? Because yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around it because something happens. And we actually know what's going right, to happen exactly. in this case. We also, I mean, we get a little insight that Crixus buys in from day one. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah. is all in in the gladiator life at this point because he's like, I'm not fucking lugging stone for the arena. Like, I might get a chance to actually fight inside the arena. And this is why I mentioned earlier when Crixus gets spotted by Badiatis for the first time, he, Crixus tells us his mindset at that exact moment, which he saw, you know, what, what exactly what you said about the arena. He didn't want to build that. He saw Badiatis and recognized that he was a Lanista. So he took his opportunity to show this little bit of fire and it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Crixus guys like which just mm-hmm. Crixus is awesome, man. From the beginning, like even if he goes down a a mindset road that's different than what Spartacus is, like he's still so awesome in his own way. Like he's great. And Asher identifies that enemy. Says like, can't you see it in his eyes? He he wants this. Like yeah. he's mm-hmm. in it for glory and and you know just making a name for himself. Um, 
I, I think Crixus gets a chance to see Gannicus training in the dark or something, just all alone. I, I guess the point of that is that's one of the privileges of the champion, like gets trained in the shade, essentially. Well, they, yeah. they well, ha- their house is, is out there. Like, they're, or not their house, their cell is yeah. segregated from the rest of them. And right. It's, it's, so it's basically next to the cliff in his own little room. So he could pretty much have free reign of the outdoors, you know? And he stumbles out late. Yeah, I mean, like they're already is... training, and he just kind of right. is like, all right, I guess it's time to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I know you were saying, Luke, that, like, Spark is t- didn't take advantage of it, but I just feel like it's more relaxed now. I mean, even – I mean, Crix I mean, is just, like, not about that anyway. Mm-hmm. But I just – I don't know. I thought that was a little bit too relaxed. I didn't expect even Gannicus to be able to do that as the champion, but – I just think it, it reflects more on Gannick's personality. Like, yeah. he, Batiatis probably just recognizes what he's going to respond the best to, which is a little bit of a leash. And he's not like Spartacus. He's never going to really cause you problems. Right. Like, even in, like, slight ways. Like, he just, so yeah. it, it just pays off for Batiatis. And also, I think it's kind of, you're supposed to just assume, like, this is only a recent thing that Batiatis has taken over. The Ludus. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was okay. going to say, yeah. that he's okay. basically, like, new to this. Right, right. He's obviously right. been around it his whole life, but he's new to this yeah okay. and also flip side of that though is that doctori kind of runs the sands and that guy is not new to this so he also lets that happen OG? but i guess it's, are we talking OG, about OG? OG. OG. Okay, yeah, but yeah. i get the same time yeah, because, probably lets I mean, him let him do that yes i mean decisions. i feel like even spartacus or like when there's certain things going on our doctori animaeus was like giving him some shit and but i mean again i don't know i'm not gonna worry too much about it um, we good here i think that is the last thing that i cared about for this part yeah so the next part is gaia again right for that we get a scene in the ludus on the training grounds jimmy are you with me yeah okay so yeah we get a scene where it's animea sparring against barca who that's that's pretty heavyweight fight mm-hmm. with regards to the personnel within the ludus um and body Otis comes out is just walking through the ludus on his way to leave the ludus right. essentially but he's you know, appearing on the sands, Animaeus whispers, I, I apologize for this, and just starts wailing on Barca, like takes him down easy, just goes all out for like a 10 second burst and puts him on his ass. He's essentially showing off for Badiatis because we we keep getting these these quotes. Animaeus just wants to fight again and yeah. he doesn't think that Badiatis believes he's ready. So he's trying to show that he's back in form. Badiatis notices this fight. Um, and comments, you're back in form on Emmaus. That's great. Why don't you catch Crixus up to speed? Crixus is a new recruit. It's like that's a slight. It's a slap in it's the a face. Slight. Yeah. yeah. It's why. Why are you he putting? He didn't up boy mean Animaeus it as here? a slight. Yeah. No. But Animaeus totally was like, "Oh, you're back in form." His start smiling a little bit on the inside. Now go teach the recruit. I, I just don't get this whole situation because they literally okay. They say that Animaeus has been recovering for a year. Right. Season one, they say that he recovered quicker than Crixus. Remember? Yeah, but we also said in season one, there's a lot of time lapse that we don't, okay. we didn't so address. So the other thing that I'm wondering is, we know that Animaeus is still a beast, and he was the prior champion. So why wouldn't Badiatis want him back fighting for him if he's trying to gain? I think it's, it's he's Gannicus. already. Yeah, but well, there's yeah, but you ha- you would want more than one. Of he's your... already grooming him for Doctor, eh? And I, also I have to think. the I, main no, what I took away as the main reason for that is because. Animaeus was recruited during the time period when his dad was there, and he seems to take sole ownership over Gannicus. So he wants, you know, like we find out later in the episodes, he wants completely his mark on everything that's going to be 
the future of House Badiata. So, like, Gannicus is completely his. Okay. So, he would prefer it to be him over on Emmaus. Yeah, I just feel like that's such a waste, man, to have him. But, I mean, the other, that makes sense, too. Like, if he decided however long ago that he wanted like Animaeus to be his doctore and not have his father's doctore, then grooming him would make sense, you know, for that. And it takes time to groom him. We find out later that's at least specifically why he assigned him to Crixus right. because he comments later when he does switch the mantle to Animaeus, making him doctore. He says one of the reasons why was because, you know, of how far along Crixus has come under your supervision. So that, Tutelage. I was going to say tutelage. Yeah, like that. What'd you say? His tutelage. His tutelage. His tutelage. Well said. Um, But one quick quote we have in this scene, too, right before. I think Crixus is actually asking Animaeus about the champion Gannicus at the time. Like, he's just trying to find out information. I think it's Asher. Is it Asher? Asher and Crixus are sparring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then Asher says, like, Gannicus is a fucking fool, but but one of deadly skill. Yeah. So it's even known. It's known. Like, it's completely known among everyone that. Like, Gannicus fucks around, but he's, like, still the best swordsman right. out there. Which is <laughs> a wonderful awesome. personality yeah, for Gannicus a character in, like, a TV awesome. show or something, yeah. like a book. Yeah. You just immediately are drawn to characters like bro, that. his smile, bro, melts me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I he's he's so, like an anime he's so main charming. character, kind of. Yeah, yeah he's so yeah. charming. Love that guy. So, later on, we then follow Badiatis wherever he was going in the market and he quote unquote bumps into Talia. So I think that was a, that was planned. Yep. Yeah. Him and Lucretia had a, had a little aside where they said bump into him by accident, but they knew he was going to be there. Um, and Tullius kind of gets serious all of a sudden and offers to pay him the difference between what he bought Crixus for and what he was actually worth. Mm-hmm. And body doesn't really get it. He said, no, a, a a fair deal was struck at the time. Like, take it as a gesture of goodwill for someone who deserves it. He's like completely just like kissing up to this guy, saying, "Dude, take the compliment." And then we see Vedius turn the corner, uh. and you kind of see Badiatis put it all together, where Tullius and Vedius are together as team anti Badiatis. I didn't really get that vibe when I was watching. I mean, I obviously knew that was going to be a thing but i kind of wrote down in my notes just like the first time seeing tolius i thought like he was just like a respectable intelligent roman that was just the high class i didn't feel maybe i'm wrong but did you what did you guys think when you first saw that character i didn't see uh the like i thought that it was more like how in season one the magistrate had salonius to at his side like he wasn't necessarily like his right right. he's just like he just had like that's you know the person that he keeps on his side because he has him in high regard but i didn't really take it as anything vindictive until obviously we get to the part where it's vindictive Mm -hmm. you know yeah Yeah, my first impression of uh tolius is that like you said i mean he just kind of seems to be a guy who has clout people respect him he's got money He's yeah, confident in himself. He knows exactly. moves he needs to make, yeah, et cetera. I mean, Vedius, I was right away like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Well, he's a snake. So, so yeah. to, be, to be fair, in this scene, at least, Tullius seemed to be kind of a mediator just between Vedius and Badiatis. But in this scene, those two start to go at it, and we have the gauntlet gets thrown down where Badiatis is baiting Vedius into a, you know— challenge an altercation yeah Yeah. gladiator challenge and he baits him in it because he knows that he's got gannicus that's his ace in the hole and he he's willing to bet that gannicus could beat any of vettius's man while blindfolded yes that is the the exact stipulation yeah even here because i remember now that we're saying the blindfolded part it's like i remember like tolius like 
looks at him and was like, is this a good deal? Like with a big ass fake smile on his face and stuff. But at this time, you don't know it's fake. Like I thought it was more like basically how we're going to later see Quintilius Varus. Like he's just kind of like a smiley, like do what I say, like kind of, you know, like yeah. he's not like evil. I saw him as the higher class guy that Body Otis wants to get in favor of. I didn't see him as any kind of villain, like you're saying. Cool, cool, yeah. Cool. I thought just the fact that he was with Vettius, even mm. in this scene, I could tell that he needed to be swayed from Vettius's favor to Body Otis's side. I could side. see that. And oh, by yeah. virtue of that, I thought that he was. That's still praise to you because yeah, you. You perfectly predicted it. Like, yeah. that's exactly what the road it takes. I just didn't see that. Every, I was trying to watch it yeah, as a new person, yeah. you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he's, been, uh, he's been watching Dr. Detective Doctoria pretty closely. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I do have a podcast. I did coin the term <laughs> Dr. Detective Doctoria. So, hats that's off so to me. Funny. Uh, I don't know. What comes next? So, now uh, we have Body Otis uh, calling Animaeus into his chambers, and he says, Is the champion ready to fight? Right. And right there, I knew, like, he said, the champion. He didn't say, are you? Awkward. He didn't, yeah. And it was so awkward because Animaeus gets so happy mm. and he's like, and he's like, oh, yeah. And he starts saying, yes, he's ready to fight. And Body Eyes says, oh, I'm um, sorry, bro. <laughs> it's a little, it is upsetting, especially because, like, for the context, he's calling him up here to find out who's going to be the one that fight, takes on Vettius's man. And the mark, did we already, established yeah, that was it's that- going to be a fight in the marketplace, right? Yeah. The next day or whatever. And yeah, it's sad. So like he, you know, he's not talking about our boy Doctor swallows his pride though pretty well, and he yeah. well, you know, admits that yes, like Gannicus is ready to fight. That's a testament to his character. Yeah, and why exactly. we love him. Like he knows. I mean, we do find out that they're boys, they're 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 bros. But at the same time, it doesn't matter who the other person was. If he thought he was a good fighter, he and he says it himself. He says, "I wouldn't lie to gain favor, you know, to become the person that you pick." So this another point for our boy is also, I think check number two that Animaeus is being groomed for the mantle of Doctore like he went to Animaeus to ask if Gannicus was ready not his own as we call OG Doctore so and he, that's big and he actually says you should ask Doctore remember and yes, then he and does. then he says no I want your opinion you know that, like you said I mean I should have called it but I just was so I just wanted him to be a, a gladiator that I was yeah. like why would you not you know you want to yeah. see it so yeah. bad and that actually just reminded me of something you said earlier Jimmy was like when you were saying like why would a year recovery removed from being the champion and fighting Theocles like cause you to not want them to be the champion anymore mm-hmm. but honestly Badiatis does the same thing to Crixus the following season like when Crixus falls to coincidentally theocles again right and recovers like he's trying to sell him and stuff like no, he, i mean he, he ditches but yeah and i mean but the thing is like with Crixes, he was at first showing that he wasn't ready to come back and we know animaeus is back i mean Crixes does eventually show that he's back but when he's actually ready to sell him it's our it's asher trying to say i don't know if he's gonna recover man yeah you know and he's trying he's scheming around it but i mean yeah. it was like almost reminding me of the fact that body was telling asher like your days are over, you're gonna be my boy. You're more, but Animaeus is so much more of a gladiator yeah. and so much more, you know, important to, to you know, to Badiatis as yeah. a fighter. But you know, you're right? But whatever. it does. I mean, it, he makes turns out to be the right decision because yeah. he is the best Doctor ever. Oh, oh hell yeah! Yeah. So anyway, moving on. Uh, the ending of that scene is Badiatis granting uh, Melita 
privilege to go to Animaeus's chambers that night. I think right. they have an arrangement two nights a week they're right. allowed to spend together. Or and he said two nights says, from now, I think, yeah. or something. Yeah. Badiata says, thanks for the honesty. Like, I trust you, Animaeus. <laughs> like, I'll make sure Melita gets, Melita gets to see you tonight. Um, later on, we have Animaeus again, and he, he runs into Ganicus, who is just like, rage is on. <laughs> <laughs> rage is on. legend is just like teetering over the edge of the ludus, like just pissed drunk on wine, singing at the top of his lungs. Dude, this is our boy. I love him. I, I, I already like him more than Spartacus. I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. like, But that's it, not a negative to Spartacus. That's just no, no way no. Ganicus yeah. is, it's like you said, he, he is like the he's the shonen jump character of any anime he's the protagonist he's he's, he's just so likable you gravitate towards him because he's just like dumb stupid lucky and like well he's not dumb unbelievably Don't skilled. Call he's okay. just so carefree yep. compared to everyone yeah. else on the show everyone else in the show has like a scheme a motive a goal that they're grinding for and he Love is it. just like give me some women to fuck give me some amphoras of wine to drink Just have fun with my yeah. with animaeus my yeah, bro exactly. like he he literally says in a later scene with animaeus and melita he says i'm living in the moment man i'm a slave you know i, I don't have i'm not gonna worry about anything you know Dude, charisma he's the man I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it a hundred more times this episode, so just be ready for that. But I love that guy. And, and right. he I'm, has a nice moment of clarity, seriousness, whatever you want to call it, when he kind of grasps Animaeus on the shoulder and says, you know, it should be you fighting tomorrow. After right. he almost falls off the cliff. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Like, he just, like, slips. He's like, whoop, and he almost dies. But Starts giggling. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, like, Gladiator. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. he's, just, he's getting ready to fall off the cliff, and he's like, ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, he's stared death in the face oh, yeah. countless times. This, I just like that scene. That was just them showing off how carefree, how carefree he really is. And Kyle, like you said, that is a great moment where he has that moment of sobriety and gives respect to Animaeus, where respect is clearly due. Yeah, and we're, I mean, we're just building that relationship between the two of them. I mean, game respects game. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they both got games. And, I mean, it's it's turning into, like, the Spartacus Varro, like, bro, mm-hmm. shit, you know? like I compl- I wrote that exact yeah. thing down. I was the like, parallels. this is the Varro. This is exactly Varro and Spartacus. It's just, like, they're the boys of the of the, the Ludus. Like, yep. they're awesome. So but, now it's time, right? Oh, and it's so Ooh, cool that we get Doctor being part of the bro ship. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right, we ready to skip to the, to the fight? To the fight, oh, yeah. What a great – another great team. All of them are great. <laughs> So we arrive to the marketplace, which is the venue for our Badiatis versus Vettius showdown. Uh, Badiatis strolls up with Ganicus, just looking the part of the champion of House Badiatis, just looking great. Our, our boy can do no wrong up to this point. Um, and Vettius brings forth his own guy, Otho, Ortho, Otho, I believe, yeah. Um, well, he's about to need some more of the beat. The guy that we saw, the guy that we saw in the first scene. But yeah, you know, guy is rocking the Lucretia red of last season. There you go. He's got that red hair, looking great. Of course, uh, we're waiting for Magistrate Sextus before we can start this. Uh, we're not waiting. Work. Tullius and Sextus are both there in the view box, and Salonius comments and says, "Whoa, this is bigger than we thought it was going to be." Because I don't think they were planning on the magistrate being there. They thought it was just going to be Tullius as mm-hmm. the biggest guy present. They said this this could be a big deal for us. Um, but they're getting, they're squaring up, about to call the fight ready to go when Vettius holds it up and says, wait a second, 
didn't we agree that your man could best any of mine while wearing a blindfold and body Otis is at a loss for words. Nobody's really saying anything. And he tries to defer. And then Tullius backs Vettius and says, you did make the deal. Are you not willing to cash in? And our boy Gannica body Otis to his credit was saying like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. He did everything he could. I think he mentions to Lucretia, it's out of my hands. The decision was taken. Yeah. Out of my I hands. mean, he thinks he's, again, he's literally about to lose his mm-hmm. prize. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, for a blindfolded fight. And before Badiatis commands him to do it, Gannicus just says, Oh, gee, Doctor, I take my swords, dude. We're doing this. Doesn't like, he th- throw his swords into the dirt and like goes and just takes it, it like in a kind yeah. of badass way? Yeah, he just like, um, and then just like ties it around. And what does he say? He says, oh, I don't need my eyes. I could just file the smell of shit. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great line. So it should not be too difficult. Like, he, he's going to be blindfolded, and he's just saying, hey, this ain't shit. Yeah. He's blindfolded, he look, and he just goes, this guy smells like shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, his, that's his answer to being blindfolded. Yeah, he his confidence probably gave Body Otis the confidence to let this happen. And he's oh, yeah. probably hung over his shit, man. <laughs> like seriously, he was just getting ready to fall of a cliff last night. Yeah, yeah, for being he so be hammered. Drunk. Yeah, <laughs> he's a beast. So the fight in and of itself is a. Is he a really gets good introduced one. at the fight, which is, I just thought was worth mentioning when they say like the fiercest Celt ever to take up arms in the arena, slayer of beasts, conqueror of giants, Gannicus. Like that's like his call sign. Yeah. Um. You know, nothing compared to, like, champion of Capua, undefeated champion. Bring your brain. Shadow of Still death. cool, though. Yeah. I definitely love just hearing those accolades that they give to these gladiators. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so the fight starts, and Gannicus is doing a good job, like, evades the first few slashes, grapples him, gets him on the ground, and gets a few licks in. Uh, but then once they kind of get out of this ground grapple, uh otho starts taking it to him gets a few slashes in um he's obviously blindfolded like he's just not holding up too well and at this point body kind of just starts to resign get resigned to his fate and thinks Gannicus is gonna die he's gonna lose his best man to vettius no less and just sees everything going up in flames dude salonius is consoling him like uh it's okay good salonius is here like stuff <laughs> like that I, good you know, salonius. Like, they're all just like what are we gonna do now um Gannicus is oh he, he still puts up a fight in the beginning even it's just like obviously like it wasn't gonna go easy yeah 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 and i mean it's it's cool how they did it because you can tell that it he was fighting smart like you know obviously b tom's called him dumb earlier but <laughs> yeah no. i take it back rescinded, officially <laughs> he, rescinded he's fighting smart because you know when he loses his swords he's literally now he knows he's blindfolded so he has to get close and he has to stay close to the guy mm-hmm. so that he can't get slashed because how are you going to defend that i mean he does randomly duck slashes here and there which you know whatever yeah. but but he gets close and that's why they're wrestling so he's smart about it and then that when he gets slashed in the chest that's when there's some space that he can't you can't see anymore and then he also gets like a nail through his chest too yeah, right stabbed like, right it honestly yeah. looks like, like it goes heart. right in his yeah, heart yeah, yeah. Like top shoulder maybe he's got a nice peck maybe enough muscle to to the nail snapped it. in half yeah. when it hit him doesn't he get a scar from this that stays or am i making that up isn't doesn't he get like a nice like slice right i mean he does he that's back. what they yeah, i don't know if it, that's yeah. definitely in the second yeah. episode he yeah. has that yeah. cut when he's fighting crixus yeah, later they're, they're good enough to be that consistent yeah, yeah of course um but yeah so to wrap up this fight otho essentially has a big heaving like overhead slash his sword gets embedded in a wooden plank that's just kind of there right next to ganicus's head yeah ganicus obviously dodges that you know 
kind of just grabs onto Ooh. Otho, gra- forces his head Dude, down, and just like so rubs good. him up on the embedded sword like a cheese grater, oh like right on his God, neck, man. and it just like spurts it open. Body Odyssey is loving it. He's like, <laughs> kill him, kill the yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. It's, it's, what a cool fight. It is. One of the worst fight. deaths we've seen. Two. I would say that's one of the worst deaths yeah. we've seen. That's that was pretty cool. Only because it's a little slow. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even bring up the first scene where the guy gets half his head chopped off. The top of his head and skull, yeah, like, yeah. His head, and then it's just laying on the ground. like. <laughs> well, I I remember thinking, like, the second that Gannicus won that blindfolded fight with that move that we just talked about, like, I cemented him as a top-tier character of, across both seasons already. I was yeah. ready to put him. I was like... I love this guy. And do we know, and I don't know if they're going to bring it up later, but do we know how long he's been with Body Otis at this point? Or At this so. point, no. Okay. okay. So I, I have a question that I want to ask because I'm really curious. Did you guys think that anyone in the crowd was going to die? No. You didn't think anyone was going like, to get do, caught? Oh, I thought 100% like someone was going to slash into the yeah. crowd, especially because he's blindfolded. Exactly. I was expecting one of those things where he's like getting backed up and then they, he ducks a slash and mm. it just freaking nails somebody. Yeah, I like, was shocked yeah. that everyone, no one that was there watching in the tight little marketplace. Yeah, just a random person. Yeah. Could you imagine being one of those people that wanted to be in the front row? Like, get the hell out of here. They love man. it, man. They live for yeah. it. Yeah, it's true. It's like they're fucking NFL. So well, that's like that's like the mountain and the viper fight when the one guy gets killed. Yeah, yeah. And he's sta- mm-hmm. <laughs> standing in the front row. Okay, I think the next uh, we're good here. Okay. Well, the end of that, Tullius is impressed with uh, Gannicus, and he tells Badiatus, "Meet me in the shop later in the evening tonight." You know. Right, right, right. For business. Business. Yeah. So Badiatus takes it as a huge win. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. All right. So the next scene we get is into, I think it's the bathhouse, right? Well, the, the, there's the, a little scene with G- Guy and Lucretia. Is that where you're at, Brian? Um, there, and that's where she first brings out the opium, and it's while Badiatus is away. Yeah, boy! <laughs> no, this is, this is before that. The this, first time they bring the opium. I'm, or, saying, I'm saying there's like a quick scene before that. It's when Gannicus comes back to the bathhouse, and she, like right after the fight, and gets to share all of the rewards of oh winning. okay okay yeah, yeah so they're all partying and then he like looks at asher and dagan they get they get hype and he's like if you have the mark yeah only like, if you have you're the not mark. getting into yeah. the wine and the women whatever um is that the only thing we really get out of that we get the uh body artist uh animaeus gives him like the handshake and he says you know only like what only a fool would would fight blindfold or would take that challenge Something like that. And then he and says, then, like, Otho grunts, like, yeah. a, you know, like a stuck, whatever, like a wild Pretty, pig before every He strike. shares his spoils with the rest of the gladiators. Yeah. That's what we get. Anyway, yeah. the I next... took a random note that said there that there was a little bit of a character building for Qu- uh, Quintus's dad, Bowdy hey, man, dad. We're trying to scene. get to the part where we get to talk about these women doing drugs and making out. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's get God. to that part. This is where we need, <laughs> I can't believe Paul, our sex play by play is not on this episode. Yeah. All right, there was just some random, you know, like character building for Quintus's dad in right. this scene between the conversation of Badiatus and Lucretia. I think what what happens is that uh, Lucretia tells Badiatus, pretty much saying like your father wouldn't have taken this kind of step forward. Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't have taken that kind of risk. Yeah, you know, it's probably something like that. Yeah. yeah. All right, now go ahead, Kyle. So, uh, <laughs> back in the Ludus or the villa, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um. So Lucretia and Gaia are hanging out. And Gaia, ever the uh, the adrenaline seeker, the fun seeker, brings out a small vial of cypress opium, <laughs> which Lucretia uh, is 
fairly obvious at this point that she's kind of not a prude, but she doesn't really live that crazy lavish lifestyle that a lot of these Roman elites do. She says it's been a long time, pretty much. Ah, does she really? Yeah. Okay. She says it's been years or something. Yeah. So uh, they pour it into a little of their wine. They do the opium. And then they do each other. <laughs> Isn't this happening in parallel at the same time? Yeah. While as yeah. Tullius and yeah. Badiatus' yeah. meeting is happening in the in the, the slaughterhouse? Yeah, because that's the whole thing where Crecia says, like, I don't know if I should, and she's like, He's gone, he doesn't need you right now. You yeah. can you can relax and have a little fun. And that's I literally thought right away as soon as they this meeting happens and we get to what happens, I was like, Oh man, Lucretia's gonna be into some shit, you know, mm-hmm. when he comes yeah. back off. They're good at that like type of I don't know like cinematography or the direction where it's like they they flip between the two scenes where like mm-hmm. things are happening at the same time but there's such different things happening at that time. The music score is always amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It's I mean, they do it at the right end way. of this episode and the end of the next episode. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and they do it. They did it so much in season one with with uh, Crixus and Lucretia and whenever Badiatus is doing something else. And then we also, you know, we find out like early on when Tellius and, and Badiatis are talking and he, Badiatis quickly realizes the whole purpose of this, of their business meeting is so Tullius can give him money for Gannicus. Right. That's clearly what his whole goal is. And the number he offers is 200 denarii. And I'm trying to, I was trying to rationalize like if that's like a fair price relative to what he paid for Crixus, but obviously the whole thing is that he paid way overpaid so for Crixus. So if Crixus. you say Crixus is worth 10 that makes sense. Ten to two hundred. Yeah, that makes fifty a lot to two hundred would be a little different. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so two hundred even might be a little short. No one right. we know, but two hundred is is the price that he's offering for Gannicus. Right. I mean, we even find out later that he's willing to double that. So yeah, two hundred was probably a low ball. And then uh, I think Bettius walks out around this part too, right? Was, oh, that's, I mean, that's the heel turn. Well, even but yeah, yeah, you're right. That's when. Okay, so that Suvetius so like comes out of like the corner, you know, and he's already acting like a little cocksmack. So like what? Go ahead. The direct, the actual chronology of it is: Badiatis goes very optimistic about how this meeting's gonna go, and Tullius immediately dangles the Primus, like Gannicus in the Primus. That's like the first thing they establish. Badiatis is hyped for it. Um, and Tullius just says, you know, it'll only take me a whisper in the right ear, but we're going to have to discuss the matter of coinage. Um, and he says, oh, I'd be happy to compensate you for getting Gannicus in the Primus for me. And he says, no, you mistake me. I want to buy Gannicus. And then Vettius appears and it happens like boom, boom, boom like that. And that's and when you know. That's, that's you, the heel turn. That's when Badiatis knows he you know, he's in trouble now. And that's the other thing that you were saying with the character building with Badiatis' dad because Badiatis is talking some major shit. Yeah. And uh, Tullius, correct? Tullius says, like, oh, you know, I can't believe you're actually saying this about another, like, you know, rival or another Lanista. Your father would never do that. And then, you know, he thinks – and he acts like he kind of likes it at first. Then they start talking, and then – I'm sorry, Ventilus? Vettius. Vettius comes out. And it's like, uh oh, here's the and you know. like Vedius starts getting all cocky and stuff to Badiatis, and that's when Body, uh, that's when Tullius turns to him and says, "Shut your mouth." The grown-ups are talking. Yeah, which is honestly a little bit of a sign of at least minimum respect for Badiatis mm-hmm. because he's saying like, "Relax, Vedius. Like I'm, I'm dealing with actual business right now." You know, because right. he's just like an appendage of Tullius. Vedius is just like a you know, um, <laughs> and then this is when we get Badiatis, so- the literal like piss beaten out of him and yeah body so body artists 
steadfastly just sticks to his gun, says Gannicus is not for sale, like for any price. Um, immediately, once he doubles down on that, the slave that accompanied him as like his muscle gets cut in half, essentially, like a sword to the head. Um, and Badiatis gets knocked out and bagged, just like you said, gets the piss beaten out of him, both by slaves and then a couple shots of Vettius himself, like just stomping on him. So he gets he gets messed up and then we kind of end the episode. With... I have a quick question though. Is that has has is Barca only ever accompanied Badiatis after this scene? Yes, because he's episode two he says to Doctor OG Doctora, he says, I need Barca to be my bodyguard. And he says, that's not yeah. his job. And he says, well, my other bodyguard's yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's actually cool because that, again, is another reason why in season one, Barca's always there. It's because yep. of this specific incident, mm-hmm. which is actually awesome. I and like Tolius, that, yeah. Tolius gives him an ultimatum, too. He says, like, you know, consider the offer yeah. or be excluded from the games forever. And yeah. Whips out his dick. And, and that is. No, yeah, it's him. Yeah, yeah, Talius pisses on him. Boy, that is just like a lasting image. Like right up there with Segavax having the being crucified with his dick cut off, yeah. like body artist just being bruised, entire face unrecognizable, bruised beyond repair, and like just getting pissed on in the middle of a market. And yeah. at the same time, the most incredible orgy Ooh. or not orgy sex scene is happening yeah. like, in the <laughs> like fading oh, back and forth. Man. Yeah, you want to talk about carefree. And it actually ends with like one of the like a crazy beautiful scene of body artists like looking at the arena being built, mm-hmm. you know, as like you know, it's like the skies looking yeah, all cool. cool, and it's just like a perfect view. And that yeah. just that ends the episode. That ends the episode, but it flows very, very nicely yep. into episode two entitled uh, Missio. Which we find out, you know, we we will find out later what that means, but that's the sign. They didn't refer so to the that Missio in the first season. Yeah, they didn't. Seen Missione. Yeah. That's the no, no, no. Seen Missione is different than Missio. Missio is the well, two fingers surrender. Two fingers. Oh, are you saying that they bring the name up? Yeah. Uh, okay. I believe they do call it Missio. They at least yeah. introduce the concept. I don't know why they wouldn't name it, but that's what surrender. it means. Missio is the sign of surrender, um, if you will. But the end of episode one leads perfectly into the beginning of episode two. We have Badiatis waking up the morning after and. Like, people are starting to, you know, the marketplace is starting to come alive with the morning, and he's just coming to, like, still reverberating from getting his ass kicked, and he just has to do this walk of shame, like, with piss all over his face, bloodied all over, back to his villa. He gets um, stared down by that little kid who doesn't <laughs> flinch. <laughs> should pay 50 denarii for that kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we qu- And then, you know, it fades over to the Ludus, I think it's a week later. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a week later, and it's um, Badiatis talking to Lucretia, and one of the like key facts I picked up from their conversation was one of them ends up saying that Tullius actually has more, even though he's a lower rank in the Roman you know, legion, he has more pool than Magistrate Sextus in Capua, basically meaning that like this is like a – like even though he doesn't have the title magistrate, like he is bigger than a right, magistrate right. In, this, in this specific area. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much alluded to that he controls the magistrate. Yeah. Says, holds the strings. Right. I think, like, he straight up says that. Right. Um, it's also alluded to that Badiatis is growing a little bit resentful of Gaia still being in the Ludus because, or living in the villa with them because he thinks all she's doing is just drinking wine all the time. Yeah, that was him really... just overreacting. It was him, but, <laughs> like, she could stay. He Come is on. a little bit resentful. 
Well, for him, I mean, he's just worried that if he keeps staying laid up, his cock won't know when to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's on his mind. Oh, great lines, man. <laughs> Dude, we talked about it a little bit before we recorded that he talks about cocks so much. Oh and it's and never about actual cocks. Yeah, rarely yeah. is it about having it's sex. It's all metaphorical Yeah, cock. it's all metaphorical. <laughs> Jupiter's cock. Jupiter's cock. That is the name of the trump card in the board game for Spartacus is Jupiter's cock. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That's actually hilarious. That's the best card in the game. I don't know. <laughs> um, so any, does anything else big happen in that no. scene? No, no not really. Up? Training so the, grounds. So the next scene takes us to Vedius and Talius oh. talking in the market. They're kind of taking a stroll the same way that Salonius and Badiatis were in the episode prior. Mm-hmm. They're essentially essentially establishing that a senator named Quintilius Varus is coming to the in upcoming games and is looking for gladiators. Um, what they're trying to do is have him buy one of Vedius's gladiators to put in the games, correct? And he also wants Gannicus as his guy to be in the games. Yes, yeah. correct. Even though Tullius has not yet acquired right. him. And right when he says, I will offer him your best gladiators as well as Gannicus. And he looks up and who do we see but Salonius buying some wine Good in Salonius. the marketplace. Good, Good Salonius, Salonius buying yes. wine for his friend. I Man. do really love that jab when Tullius approaches him. And I don't think these two directly bear each other ill will. And Tullius says, oh, you have fine taste. What, what brings you to buy these wares? And he says, oh, just a present for a, for a recovering friend. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, you beat the shit out of my friend. Don't, don't get so chummy with me. Yeah. I like good Salonius, good man. Salonius. This is, I, and I will harp back on our last series. I think I had very positive views. We all did of yeah. Salonius oh. by the oh, end. Yeah. Like how he died was awesome. And I think once Badiatis was established as the real, like, maniacal bad guy in Blood and Sand, like Salonius, I started looking at him in this different light. Right. And like exactly. coming back to the prequel and seeing him just established and upholding that good Salonius vibe, I. I like Salonius. I love that you see it that way, too, because and that's exactly how I thought you were going to see it, and mm-hmm. I love that. I, I just really, I think in our finale of Blood and Sand, I said Salonius' death scene was like my honorable mention as my favorite mm-hmm. scene in the show. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so perfect. It was great. Yeah. You grouped it together top three, I think, with the Did whole, I? like, plan where he gets killed in yeah, the sewer right. with the, you know I mean, with the, what, the magistrate. Yeah, yeah, I glitched it. And I think it'll be important in the next couple episodes, if we see this actually happen, how they become rivals because <laughs> the importance of how it happens based on now our opinion of Salonius versus Badiatis, you know, I would not want Salonius to be the one to turn on Badiatis because we already know that it's kind of like Badiatis is the, is the, uh, antagonist luke's laughing because it's amazing because you guys don't know and it's just like incredible i think since we're going into it right now let's let's me and you the rooks put down our bets who do you think is going to turn on who i think it's going to be salonius turns on badiatis who wrongs who to make the strife that i think that i do think that it's going to be salonius wronging badiatis but the kind of slight that badiatis overreacts to to make them a huge rivalry and start the start the, yeah. the snowball effect. All right, it's in stone. It's in stone. I'm okay. gonna remember that. I'm bring this back up yep. in four episodes. I'm gonna. I do. I'm gonna go with the fact that I think it's a snowball in Badiatis' side where it's not a huge Salonius slight, but enough where he freaks out. Also, the dynamic is like Badiatis is the guy, and Salonius is like his number two. You know, like 
body artist is the more powerful of the two or at least has the most charisma, more ambition more, more ambitious ambition. that's good yeah so and i and i'm uh, i'm kind of like <laughs> stepping back going backwards on what i'm saying because i know salonius <laughs> well, ends up being how he is yeah. like in the first season so like he's gonna have to make a maneuver finally and maybe it's like oh i learned from you body artist you know Ugh. Whatever. We'll leave it, we'll leave it we, for now. We got another Salonius body artist scene yeah. coming up, so we, we can explore that more. I think now we, we actually move to the training grounds, right? Yes, we're at the right. Ludus. And actually, we get a quick scene up in the, the balcony where it's Gaia, Navia, and Diana. Um, and it's, uh, before this, I think this episode, uh, Melita essentially tells Navia and Diana. It might have happened episode one, but the four like younger slave girls are mm-hmm. talking about, oh, is Gannis's cock yeah. like really as big as a horse? And the two are like the ones that were fucking them, and the other two are Navia and Diana. And now we see Melita say, you know, it's not. Don't rush like, this. Don't, don't rush yes, your virginity loss because it says if yeah. if you engage in it now, it'll bruise the petals of the flower. Right, Essentially, right. says save your virginity. It could be worth something. Um, and then Gaia says, "Fuck that! Look at that gall." Yeah, well, guy, it does suffer a little bit there, right? No, no this, this, this is right this now. Yeah. I was, I was this scene coming up, but he yeah. was he gotcha, was talking gotcha. about the first. I was episode. talking about what we had yeah. missed, but this scene, it's Guy and Navia and Diana, and Guy is essentially saying, "Oh, I envy your youth. Like, just see all the wonders of the world while you still have time. Like, just do it." And Navia says, "Well, that's not what Melita says." And Guy says, "Yeah, coming from the person who's." only seen her husband's cock and that just strolls off and i, just, I was just a rich roman it. man gaia would be my wife right now and i just love how gaia says like who's the gall and maybe it's like yeah. i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that is actually incredible that they yeah. did it like that it's not even like i don't know like nervously like she right. didn't care she, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't give yeah. a shit Whatever. they also give us some uh pretty solid crotch shots of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just They're like just his abs like, and dick yeah. like while he's well, fighting i was just eye raping him oh yeah they're literally showing exactly what guy is looking at. But we also get to see in the scene, which is actually I just think is just like a really small moment, but it's pretty cool. Is Asher just like grinding as like a gladiator, and yep. it's just it just pays off. Like you know, like we wanted to, like you got you guys specifically wanted to see what Asher was like as a gladiator. It's fantastic, and he's service. not even like he's not even like a bad fighter like he's training he's, he's a recruit and he's keeping up and right just badass 100 percent. i would already identify him as the best recruit from this crop besides yeah. besides crixus yeah. but well, from, at this point i mean crixus is about to get some tutelage from animaeus but yes so Asher, Asher, i don't think we mentioned in the i might have said it but i don't think we mentioned in the when we were recovering the first episode it is important to know that his 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 other syrian guy dagan did i say this that he can't speak english I think we did. We did say that. You didn't I, say that specific. Yeah, fact, but I think but we yeah. touched on it. But it's yeah. very important because you know, like Asher, who's the bilingual, has to translate anytime he's around. Right, gotcha. and the whole time he's talking shit in the in Syrian and in the other language, and Asher keeps saying, "Oh, he's he's, he's playing it down." Yeah. Asher's like honestly kind of helping him out because yeah. he would be making some enemies of Crixus oh, and yeah. Barca because you know he's just talking that shit. Yep. So, so that is important for later. So still in the Ludus, we have Animaeus is training with Crixus as Badiatus set him to do so. And he's giving him his tutelage, essentially saying you lunge too much. You don't keep your shield up when you lunge, like when you're fighting a superior opponent, like let them come to you. Um, and then they start to spar again. And Crixus is able to disarm Animaeus and, you know, bash his face with a shield. And I think Gannicus looks over, Dr. A takes note and it's like, damn, Crixus, okay, you're getting a shot in on... Animaeus. Um, yeah, it's a really nice move. He like catches the thrust, mm-hmm. 
and then yeah. you know holds the arm down and then turns spins with the the flat shield across the face which is exactly what he learns to do yep. yeah and yeah. so right after that dr a uh goes to get water i'm sorry animaeus goes to get water while he's doing that he is talking to og dr a mm-hmm. um and there's a mutual respect here like i think doc og dr a knows animaeus is the doctor where we know doctor detective yeah, right. doctor where everybody loves him he respects him um so he essentially says hey i'll seek a word with body about your return to the arena um they also have an exchange about crixus where animaeus says he's he's essentially raw but he is not without skill like right. he's got a lot of promise so he's talking up crixus um, and then Gannicus walks over after just beating up on some scrub and says, ah, Dr. A, I require, you know, a better opponent. Perhaps Animaeus is done, like, getting a drink. And it's just perfect. There's a little Another moment Gannicus where, like, minor. when, when Animaeus hears that, he, like, does this, like, pure smile. Yeah, and kind of yeah. Look. It's like, jeez, man. Handsome like, guy. There's some real good Peter, moments. Oh, yeah. Peter Mensa? I don't want to mispronounce Peter it, Mensa, yeah. Peter Mensa, just very handsome Gannicus. man stroll up and say anything about him makes him smile yeah. never because yeah. we didn't get any of that in the first season like anime is just the way he reacts to ganicus is just it's just cool it's right. just because we you don't get that emotion in the first season at all yeah. the closest well, is, is him and crixus yeah yeah ganicus in general is just a unique character like his personality he's just like walking around the loot is just fucking around he's just like look just, no one's people. gonna look at animaeus and make a joke to him but ganicus basically says like look at this pussy drinking like come <laughs> yeah. fight me you know and it's funny that yeah. it's funny that uh animaeus like and him are friends because it doesn't seem like they would mesh like you would think that he'd be like come on be serious we're gladiators mm-hmm. here you know yeah but no it's that they, balance baby you gotta love it baby. they need I that balance later on in this episode when it's uh the scene with melita animaeus and ganicus together they kind of explore those yeah how they're such different people but it makes it perfect together but we'll get to that uh when we get there so our next scene it ends with them sparring yeah so then we flip right over to body and salonius in the bust room salonius penis statues (laughs) yeah with the penis statues salonius with the penis statues (laughs) with the knife yeah in the villa um so salonius is there as we know to give him Salonius is there to get Badiatis the wine that we talked about earlier when Salonius saw lots of names. Tullius, Tullius and is, in yes. the marketplace. So Tullius purchased this vase, this vase of wine in good faith through Salonius to give to Badiatis. So that's where we're at right now. Badiatis immediately like kind of snaps at him. I well, forget. hold on, because we do we get that little cool montage Spartacus style of Badiatis. Basically, he's like brooding when when Salonius comes oh, yeah. in, mm-hmm. and he's like looking at all the legends, statues right. that his father and his grandfather, mm-hmm. and basically all the ancestors of House Badiatis raised to be champions of their house. And we get like the cool kind—I don't even know how to describe—like the the sort of three hundred style versus like flashback style, right? Of all these legends, of, yeah. And now that you guys are into season two, like it's dope now. Oh right? yeah. It's what like, they yeah. were doing was setting it up for a prequel to the prequel season. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Dude, I was yeah, thinking that too. Could, I was like, they, they could, could have literally done this make back a, for generations, exactly. and I would have just consumed every they single. Could have made a prequel. They, they could have made a prequel spinoff for every single one of these guys as the champion of House Body Artists. Oh, yeah. like, it's just so awesome. If you want to cast John Hanna as his own father <laughs> and and on makeup and CGI yeah, as an yeah. older person, oh my gosh, I would watch. Except they have totally different personalities, apparently. So whatever, but <laughs> yeah, complete opposites. <laughs> so, on, so what is 
before he even finds out about the wine, Badiatis snaps at Salonius just for walking in on him. Do you know what that was all about? It's because Badiatis has been excluded. He, he already accepted the fact that he's not selling Gannicus, so he's just pissed because he's like, I'm excluded from the games forever. Gotcha. That's right. what it is. Well, he says something even before he finds out about the wine. He says, the fault is mine for bearing teeth to a trusted friend. And right. I really like that line because he's like, okay, I'm sorry, man. I'm just taking my emotions out on you. You don't deserve it. But then Salonius says, here's this wine on behalf of Tullius, and Badiatis gets pissed. Because like, the plot is revealed. Yeah. Of he, what Tullius really means. And this is what you brought up earlier, right? Is this when we find out he offered double? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So but pretty much he, he says, you know, I didn't buy the wine. Uh, Tullius bought the wine and he gave me an offer. He wants to double it. And he's trying to persuade him to take it at first. And Badiatis is obviously like pissed. The exact says, quote is, you canceled a suck the cock that pisses on me. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lucretia chimes in, after what he fucking did. Yeah, right? Lucretia, I love that she's Dude, a ride or die for Badiatis. She's just the, the perfect couple. She um, literally just reiterates his exact reaction yeah. when she first hears it. And it's like, fucking love you, Lucretia. Um, but after Salonius sees what Badiatis' reaction is, he says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, like, stir you up, but if you choose to go against Tullius, I'll join you in exclusion from the games. And Badiatis says, I'm sorry, I didn't know, like, I didn't want you to get roped into my punishment for this. So he says, I have something to think about because he, he only thought that he was excluded right. from the games. Yeah. He didn't know Salonius was in yeah, because Classic Badiatis. Right. He basically just says, like, no matter your decision, I'm going to stand with you, which... Like, I was a little pissed at Salonius also at the beginning of the se- at that scene when you're just like, why would yeah. you even bring that? But then when mm-hmm. he says that, it's like, all right, I forgive you again. Good Salonius. Right. Well, yeah, he's Salonius. being good. He's being, he's being clear, and he – yeah, he's trying to say, like, let's just get the best out of the offer. He just doubled it. That's a sign of good faith. Like, just take it so yeah. we, don't, we don't have to suffer the punishment. And it is cool. Again, I'm going to note it just because it's a money thing. It's cool to think about, like, so 400 denarii is now yeah, the price yeah. of what he would be willing yeah. to buy Gannicus for. Which, again, is 40 times the price that right. Crixus is, is worth. was worth. Right. Yeah. So now it's starting to get closer to a reasonable price for a cream of the crop gladiator, I, w- I would say. I would mm. even almost say it's, it's like, for a top-tier gladiator that isn't, doesn't have renown renown yeah 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 Yeah. so like you know like if i were just to spitball say like what spartacus is worth like after like theocles and stuff like that we're talking like two thousand denarii like infinite amount like top tier famous person do we know how much he originally bought spartacus for sorry this is random i don't Mm. know no 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 I, I don't know no, because he says I'll take him. I'll take him. He literally doesn't buy the whole. Well, no, 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 no. with Spartacus, no, it's was... it's when he it's the ad gladium, and he says I'll take him and train him, and he'll probably die while we're training him. Remember, I, he just literally says I'll take him. Oh, he I was think. free because Ga- uh, Glaber was bringing him to be executed yeah. in the game. Yeah. So yeah, he was free. But uh, you know, like still, four hundred denarii is is a lot for someone that's never been in a yeah. primus. Like, it, it, that's a lot of money for Badiatis. Yeah. So anyway, but Badiatis is still like. Fuck Tullius, I'm not doing business with him. And they start to essentially hatch this plan. They say, we want to try and steal this Senator Varus. Varus. Sorry, it's the same name yeah, as yeah, Varus yeah, from yeah, Game right. of Thrones. It's Quintilis Varus, so it's, it is exactly... Yeah. Okay, it is Yeah, Varys. and the one thing V-A-R-U-S, that I, the one yeah. thing I think we skipped over is <clears throat> he's so pissed off. He says, I need a moment. Fucking moment, I guess he says. <laughs> he run, He goes off to look over the gladiators and he sees Indus 
put up the missio, missio yeah. and he says no one surrenders here and he sends them to the mines and then Gaius says, i guess we know his decision and that's when they start plotting against and question yeah. for you two jimmy and brian do you what does that mean to you the mines all I know, I, I mean, I literally just think they're like a slave worker in the mines. Like, uh, like uh, I, yeah, you're that's just all, okay, okay, to like okay. go to a mine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it I sounds know. like, I mean, they like seem like it's like the worst thing ever. I mean, yeah. the mines would be awful, well, but like. Okay, if gladiator training is far and away, like no brain decision preferential to the mines, then the mines must fucking blow. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's got to be something. So, but, yeah. It's also, a horrible yeah. thing that in this is being sent to the mines because he's like no no like he's like crying yeah like, doctor i help just, me like dominus please I, kyle i don't even know how to answer it. it's maybe it's like the equivalent of the pits but probably worse being in the mines because the pits at least you have a, a fighting chance of like yeah i mean glory, it's kind of just kinda, you're like just resigned to the mines for the rest of your life Do they ever yeah and i guess the other thing of note is that og doctor a is not not happy when he d- makes that decision and because it was a mood swing yeah exactly and he was just pissed yep so anyway yeah uh they hatch this plan they want to steal senator Vares from underneath vetius and tullius so the senator is coming in vetius and tullius think they're gonna have them all queued up to buy their gladiators salonius and Badiatis are plotting to curry that favor instead uh so the next scene we i ha- do want to bring up real quick that quintilis Varus is wiki uh, they don't specifically say it in this scene, but it lists him as a senator, which is the exact equivalent of Alithia's dad, basically Glaber, who why you know Glaber married into Alithia's family, so he's always trying to impress Alithia's dad and stuff. So you know this this guy Quintilus Varus has that same pristine you know Roman. He's a hot shot. Senator is yeah. like the highest we've seen, higher than magistrate. Yes, yes, it yes, has yes, to, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It has to be. Because so. and in between, I think magistrate and senator is what is. Glaber, he's a leg- legatus. Legatus, I think yeah. that's okay. That for makes all sense. Purposes. Okay, <clears throat> our girl so, Athena will uh, will figure that out. She'll, yeah, she'll yes, let us know. Yeah. Shout out to Athena Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher on yeah, Athena Fletcher, a friend of the podcast. If ever there was one. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next scene we have is in the Ludus, and again, we I love how it's always the same way the new recruits get trained and we see Asher, the Syrian and Crixus doing the walk because Indus isn't there. He got sent to the mine. So it's the three of them doing the walk with the, you know, the giant wood against their shoulder all through the night. Um, and then they go in to eat their porch. Like all the gladiators are hyped, banging their cups for them. Um, and essentially the scene is Asher and Crixus again, just broing out saying, you know, they don't respect us now, but someday all of Rome will be chanting our name, shit like that. And there's a lot of key quotes here. Let me give you a couple. Yeah. yeah. So one of the ones I was just like, Jesus Christ on when I, when, when Asher, he's talking in Syrian to Dagon mm-hmm. and he says like, you know, Dagan's freaking out. He's like, this fucking guy, yeah. you know? And then Asher says in Syria, he's like, let it go. Barker will have his day. Yes. And I was just like, tears in the chat because yeah. Jesus, man, fuck you, Asher. Yeah. I loved Barker. The long con, um, our boy Asher. Yeah, yeah. He really, he really pulls that off. I'm really glad you brought that up because I meant to say that yeah. that that quote. Yeah, and that, that went right over my head. Really? That's so funny, dude. Yeah, 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 I yeah. was just like, damn, man. They that was awesome. And then we have another quick, like, you know, that conversation with Asher. Asher and Crixus is actually like insane. Like they're 
at this point, you know, friendly still, and they're like talking on the same level, like fuck these guys, basically. And then Crixus ends up saying, like, I will not die a faceless slave to be forgotten by history. And it's just like the weight of that and what we know is just so epic in itself. Yeah. That I was just like, there's just so I keep bringing it back. Like this is just fan service. Like there's mm-hmm. so much good world building, character building. This is oh, what so a fucking good. mindset too. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah. 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 And it's Asher, our boy, it's I, our boy Chris. If I was watching this prequel season first, I would be at this point like an Asher fan. Oh yeah, I would absolutely yeah. be like, I love this guy. You know, like he's a he's, as as a good guy because I'm an Asher fan even when yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even when he's yeah. And Asher's whole answer basically is, we just need that fucking mark. Yeah. Then they can't treat us like this, you yeah. know, because yeah. then we'll finally get that respect that we need. Because he does specifically say like, why is everyone hyped that he's going to the mines? And he's like, if he had the mark, there'd be a solemn mood right now. Like people would be upset. Yeah, and I mean that also goes into like season one when he's pissed off that he's not getting his respect anymore because he still has the the mark, mm-hmm. you know. He but he's injured, and he says, you know, when he's talking to Animaeus Doctore, he's saying, you know, you guys didn't respect me, you guys laughed at me, you know. I mean, now it's, it's it has even more weight when you're talking about the prequel, this episode where he's all he wants is the is the mark so that he can be respected. Yeah. Well, and we'll see how he comes across the mark and how it may not be <laughs> the right Honorable. way to get the mark. Um, Very good point. Yeah. But the Asher way, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the mark of Asher. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but anyway, moving on, we get this scene that I alluded to where it is Animaeus, Ganicus, and Melita in Animaeus's quarters. Um, and they're kind of just like talking like three old friends, you know, like. And it's very important to me that he's sharing some wine with Gannicus, yes. which he never does in season one. He says, I don't partake yeah. anymore. Yep. You know? Catch, yeah. man. I didn't even mm-hmm. pay attention to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, when you're around, when you're around Gannicus. But still, I mean, he said, I don't partake. It's, and I guess it's going to be because when his wife dies, if that's, you know, whatever happens, you know, that's probably going to be why he goes full discipline maybe. But, yeah, I noticed I, right away. One of my notes for this scene was just like, Gannicus is just the fun guy you always want to have at the party. Like he's <laughs> just he's just fucking around in this scene. Like his just quips back and forth with mostly Melita. Yeah, like are just so good. And Super like, serious question that he answers one hundred percent truthfully, yeah. but the way he answers it is just like ah. I mean, he always says, "What what does he have to do?" He's like, in any situation, I could just like fight or fuck my way out of it. Yeah, pretty and, much. And you know. Like that ends up being like a really good foreshadowing quote there when he's when he's like he literally is looking Melita in the eye when he's like, Well, she says, What are you gonna do if you can't slice your way out? He's like, I just might have to fuck my way out. Yeah. And he's like looking her dead in the eye. So I was like, damn. Uh, yeah. But he has the nice quote that Jimmy said earlier when right. he said, As slaves, like our only freedom is when we fight and when we fuck. Another so like, great right. yeah, yeah, that was a because he was that was what you were exactly what you were saying earlier. He just he does do the best version of living in the moment because he knows he has no choices. Right, right. Yeah. And that's where they kind of talk about how Animaeus and him are the perfect pairing. Animaeus and Gannicus are the perfect pairing because he's quiet and resolute and he's just wears everything on his sleeve and it's just, you know, shit's just pouring out of mm-hmm. his mouth at all times. And Melita just comments on how that's just such a good pairing, uh, the two of them being friends, Where and he counters back that, you know, 
you and Animaeus are a good pairing. You're my two favorite women in this world. He's just <laughs> always fucking around. Yeah. Um, it's, they find it, a way to make him genuinely funny with their dialogue. Their dialogue. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like talking in that backwards way. Yeah. And he makes like good jokes. And yeah. also an important point to make that we shouldn't gloss over is that her question is that like what would happen if Animaeus and Ganicus have to fight seeing Nisone in the arena? Like what would happen? Right. And Ganicus is like, ah, why are you worrying about that? I'd give him an honorable yeah. death. That's yeah. literally what he's, you know, and yep. she says, why are you saying that when that might actually be a thing? Like, you're joking about it. And that's why he, that's where he brings up, like, I'm going to live in the moment. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I'm not going to worry about if it happens. I guess I'll have to give him an honorable death, but I'm not going to worry about if it's going to happen. Later. All right, let's, let's do it right now. Who wins? From what you guys dude. know, tell me who I'm wins. I'm amazed for bust, dude. Okay. He's the only one who lived from Theocles. What do you think? In both of their respective prime, because Animaeus pre Theocles, yes, would take it to Ganicus. I, I don't care, man. There's right a now. reason. There's <laughs> a reason that Ganicus is the champion of House Body. <laughs> yeah, but what we alluded know, we also to... we also haven't seen enough of Ganicus. I would say that Animaeus, I have to assume, is the most technically How much have you sound? seen of besides reputation wise of of Animaeus. Yeah, but that doesn't I've matter because enough. we know the reputation and we know okay. the titles. Okay. Okay. But uh, but like. Like you're saying, I'm not trying to sway you. I'm no, no, yeah. Genuinely but like what you're saying, Brian, you're saying, you know, Ganicus is now, and and there's a reason why Animaeus is no longer the champ. But we also said that there's the probably the reason is that Animaeus is back at his form, but he's the past, meaning Badiatis' father's guy, and Ganicus is his recruit. Yeah. So I still think Animaeus is the man. Like I, you know, I mean, he took on Crixus and Spartacus at the same time. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm always swayed toward. I mean, not that my I'm not putting out an opinion about this fight because I can't. But I just love the the dual swords. Like it's just like you're automatically just gonna be. Well, give those dual swords on a may. Let him do his thing, dude. Well, dude, he, they do give him yeah, the dual swords when he's teaching Crixus and Spartacus. Yep, it's the coolest right. thing ever. Uh huh. I just think everyone should use dual swords. Fuck a shield. I mean, Ganicus did fight a guy blindfolded, but you know, yeah. I just I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's an argument still. Yeah, there's an argument, but I mean, I might have jumped answer. to it. There's but, not really yeah. like an answer where you're, well, let's you get know. there. Let's yeah. get an answer. So <laughs> yeah. after this conversation, Ganicus is kind of sauntering through the cells of the Ludus, walks by your boy Barca, <laughs> yeah. getting a little freaky with his boy, whoever his name is. Nice little moment that Ganicus nice clearly the pre Petrus. <laughs> yeah, that Ganicus clearly approves of. He doesn't give a fuck. He's oh, a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, we're slaves. We might as well I fucking have, fight. Why did they decide to linger on his face watching? It, that? Yeah, I mean, it's also funny too that they they do the pigeon thing earlier during the scene where yeah. they piss in the um, porridge. They see him with the birds again. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like I like all those callbacks, man. I love it. Yeah, dude, Barca, Barca could have had his own spinoff too. Like the, the when you saw that, because you even that's one of the things you asked for when we were doing the first season cover for Brian. You were saying like I would love to see like him kill like his father or the Beast yeah. of Carthage yeah. origin story. I was like, he deserves that man. Like he's I I don't know why I'm so into the character Barca. I'm glad but... I'm glad that you brought up uh, Legends that episode from Blood and Sand because one that I know time timeline wise that we better see is Crixus fighting his two like twin beasts that yeah they whatever that ends up being in yeah. that episode uh timeline wise it can happen we it can happen yeah. i'm very excited i mean for that. it obviously happens in between now and season one that's what i'm yeah, saying yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so i would be a little i would feel a little cheated if we don't see mm -hmm. it since they teed it up 
just perfectly so that they could knock it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, but, I feel like they they missed something with that by not doing Animaeus versus Theocles, but it also makes a lot of sense that this is the storyline they want to go with. So they yeah. couldn't have done the Theocles fight unless it was a quick flashback because you can't start with that and then get into the storyline now in six episodes. And I think Ruben said he so would have been oh, down. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would have been Which awesome. It's just like, damn, man, we could have seen Theocles in his prime. Yep. Which he, you know, he's he's the best. They got Animaeus in his prime too. Also, duh. Yeah. yeah, that would have been the most epic fight. That mm. could be just like a one-off little episode. Yeah, put released. it on YouTube or yeah, something, something right? like that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving on. Uh, Kyle brought us to Crixus and oh my gosh, my notes say Sparty, which is Spartacus. But Crixus and Ganicus bump into each other <laughs> in the cell, um, and essentially Crixus just says, "Hey, I." You know, I, I ask for advice. I someday want to be champion. How do you become champion? Ganicus says, there's only one way to become champion. Never fucking lose. Love and then just quote. walks away. Says it right Ganicus. to the future uh, undefeated goal. Right yeah, there. exactly. That's so awesome. I yeah. really love that quote. That quote is so good. Yeah, it is. And I, I guess, I mean, not super important, but I just, nice little thing is that Kirkus actually comes up behind him. And mm-hmm. Ganicus like immediately grabs him, like puts him up against the wall, and it's like, "Never take my back." Yeah. yeah, I love that line too. But I, I really like the the never fucking lose coming from Ganicus because it's like kind of one of the first not fighting sequences where you see him serious, yeah. like when he's when he's literally like, "Don't come on my back," whatever. And then he says that it's like, even though he's just fucking around all the time and he's he's this charming like you know just champion, he still he still understands the stakes that are, you know, there and like what it takes to get the freedom to be as carefree as he is. Like he couldn't just be a recruit and act like the way he is. Like he worked right. to get to that point. Yeah. So it's just, he's cool. always on. She was another layer of him. Yeah. Talking layers. Talking layers. layers. <laughs> Ogres, uh, onions, Grixis. <laughs> Ganicus. Ganicus. <laughs> Add them to the list, baby. All right. Uh, so next scene, we have a little one with OG Doc Ture and Badiatis. Uh, Badiatis yeah. essentially just says, prepare the Syrians to come with me. Uh, Doc Ture brings up Indus being sent to the mines and said, you know, your father never would have allowed such foolishness, sending a, a good recruit to the mines just on essentially a passing emotion right um Badiatis doesn't like that but it's also true he mm-hmm. doesn't like the comparison to his father either and essentially puts doctor in his place but does listen and says is indus something like why do you care about him he says he'll never become champion but he's not without promise right. so Badiatis kind of like reels back on it uh, and says okay prepare the syrians which is Asher and Deg- Dagon, Dagon, yep, uh, to come with me the next day to the marketplace. Um, so yeah, and Indus is back into the mix. That's all we get there. Or anything to comment on that? Because I'm just going to take us to the marketplace. Keep where it on rolling, baby. Uh, so the Syrians, and, which is again Asher and Dagon, and Badiatis and Indus are in the markets. Um, they're all cloaked up, wearing disguises, and they're about to set this plan in motion. So Indus intercepts Vedius um, and is essentially saying that he is one of Senator Varus's men and that their meeting location is going to be changed because Varus wants to take a look at the construction of the new arena. Vedius says, no, I'm under strict orders to meet him at the city gates. Um, and then it says, oh, okay, should I just tell him right now that you're refusing him? I'll, I'll be right off. I'll be happy to. And Vedius says, no, 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 I'm, you know, he's our guest. Uh, of course, I'll receive him where he wants Dude, to be received. He 
Indus deserved like he deserves to be Indus's character deserves to be an actor. Yeah. Because right. like he sold the shit out of that lie. He's like, all right, I'll just go deliver his refusal by. And he like yeah. knew he played that so well. Let me ask you a question, because when I first watched this scene, I thought he looked way too dressed down to be the senator's guy. He looked like like his robes and shit. That is? No, no. In this, when he's taught, he's saying, I'm the senator's guy. Oh, he's just playing a slave. Slaves. Oh, he's saying I'm a slave. Oh, I thought yeah, he meant like I'm that... one of his, like. No, no. Oh, no, oh okay. Just a messenger slave. Oh, okay, like, okay. Hey, I, I thought when he said one of his guys, like I thought no, he meant no, like. No, no, no. A, okay. He's and also like... a nice, subtle detail of the whole plan itself from Batiatis. This is really smart when he says to, I guess, what, maybe Barca, just saying how none of the, neither the Syrians nor Indus have the mark, so if everything goes wrong, it can't be tied back to Badiatis. Right. And that's I, actually a good callback to yeah. season one, when Badiatis is getting attacked in the pits, and, you know, that's when Spartacus has that heel turn and saves his life, and, you know, like, he gets pissed that, uh, who is it that, it that- wasn't... It wasn't directly Salonius, right? No, it was, like well, it was Salonius, but it was the it was the other guy who wanted the the wheat, the money. Um, the Barca that Barca ended up yeah, killing Barca his family. Killed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was just a cool like link to that. Yeah. yeah, I forget that guy's name. It's not, whatever. But it's nobody. Yeah, that is a good callback. I also he, think he, this is a really good way to show the origins of Asher being basically the Game of Thrones equivalent of the spider. Right. You know, like it. You probably just assumed he was always just like a shady bastard finger, from season you one, or you know, spider. Oh, oh, you're saying bad. Yeah. Okay, or either. Okay, either yeah. he's like a spy. Yeah, guy. right. Okay, you know? okay, yeah. Um, but you guys probably assumed in season one, like he was just always like a shady bastard. But like, yeah. he honestly kind of gets forced into it. Yeah, like he wanted to go the Crixus route. This but, one he does, yeah. but you can also see even in this scene as this plan progresses that he was in charge of the situation from the slave standpoint. Obviously, the other Syrian can't speak English. He wasn't going to be in command. Indus, as we learn, is incompetent. Asher was making sure everything goes according to plan. And while you talked him up, yeah, he could act the part. Yeah. So we it's haven't just, even gone Indus through the plan. Indus is just a simple fuck. Yeah. Indus leads Vettius <laughs> into an alleyway yeah. where they get ambushed by the two syrians like kills all of vettius's company like the slaves that he went that he came there with um and essentially they just beat the shit out of vettius and uh dagon pisses on him so it's essentially body odys is doing exactly to vettius what tullius did to him and would you think were you, were you satisfied with that quick revenge you didn't even say that you didn't even bring it up man i was i was yeah. a little uh i literally have never seen someone pissing like in any kind of tv or movie where yeah. they show it like that yeah yeah um but yeah i mean that was that was a, i like the payback now are we just supposed to like assume that body odys said like to ash or kill him as soon as it uh meaning Indus? Yeah, no. I think it was planned. No, because, no, 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 no. Yeah. He's, Asher kills him and says, I'm sorry, Vettius saw your face. Yeah, I just he said, said he said Domus is ordered. He also I, does say that. The reason I said Indus wasn't competent was because he let him see his uh, – Well, I yeah, guess he now that's he he set up to – You're yeah. right. Okay, it yeah. was set up to die. His yeah. incompetence right. was almost killing I, him. I just put that together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also, like, this is another kind of, like, flashback – like, a dual scene a little bit because – before you even see the revenge part, like you see Gaia and Lucretia doing their part of the yep. plan, and they are both looking like snacks. Dude. Yeah, they look fantastic in the marketplace. I think Gaia's rocking like the blonde hair, whatever, whatever. But they're, you know, like they're like gearing up mm-hmm. to completely just undermine Vedius and bring 
um, Varus to House Badiatis. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful two prong attack. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they lead Vedas away and then they have the ladies swoop right oh in. Oh my gosh, it's so perfect. But it's also important to know that in this scene, they plant the seed in the audience's mind that Gaia is also kind of doing two birds, one stone, both right. helping Badiatis and Lucretia and also like working saying like he's single and rich and high esteem like yeah. you know Lucretia gets a little mad at it but like as Why you not? can tell I mean exactly like Gaia she doesn't ever put house body out a second so it's well, like later you think she might be and then yeah she's not well she's here's the, the thing body best. body artists and lucretia are just worried that the two are mutually exclusive they're like okay if you're getting yours how do we get ours out of this and what yeah. we come to appear or what we come together is that guy can do both yeah she can get her husband she can have her cake and eat it too yeah. with helping out body artists and getting herself a little man but yeah. also i mean Gaia. what the hell would be the negative of one. your best friend basically marrying this man yeah no it would have been a double win but right. like they thought she was putting that ahead of right which we obviously find out she's not she's she's doing she's just yeah. doing she's, she's quick on her spy feet. work like yeah, yeah. She's they're good, working man. the conversation right. and go on i mean i'm just gonna say i mean they're kind of talking and Varys basically says like we're just standing out in the heat like i'm sorry but i can't really hold a conversation with you guys and guy immediately's like oh why don't we just take it back to the villa yeah. And so this is like in the process of flashing back between, you know, Asher and the Syrians and Indus killing versus like the calm conversation of them just swaying them back to House Badiatis. And one thing I did want to bring up though is that when Asher does end up like they, you know, they do the whole piss thing, pissing on Vedius, and like Asher has to kill um, Indus and he, he delivers the line saying like, sorry, brother, like you, uh, Vedius saw your face and this was ordered by Dominos. Oh, he says that. He says that. Oh, he says wow. This, then why even ask the question? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, he was ordered by Dominus oh, okay. to do that. Was I didn't planned. hear that. I didn't hear that. Um, okay. But honestly, like, the look on Asher's face is actually, like, incredibly sad. Like, he did not want to do that. Like, he was – he was – it was awesome. It was cool Asher, to see. Like, he was showing real emotion in that scene. Asher, I think, buys in to the whole gladiator premise, like, kind of in the same way that Crixus does, but he's just never been respected as a gladiator. He wants to be a part of that because he does buy into it, and he wants the honor and the glory, but he's just never been afforded it. Not by his own choice. For reasons outside of his control. 100%. So he's kind of in a sticky situation, and he does understand that once I get the mark, I should have this respect, and he saw this as an outlet to get the mark. Yeah, yeah I mean, we love stopped. a villain with a nice backstory it's and a nice tough, motive. Yeah. And then, of course, when he does get the mark, it's not honorable, so it's still well, we'll whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. So the Mark Cuban fetish motherfucker comes and he's talking <laughs> Varus. to Varus. Yeah, he's talking to Gaia and uh, Lucretia, and you know, she, Gaia does her whole sexy mastermind thing, and she basically sways him. Let's go to the villa. We're gonna wait there. We'll have um, Badiatis's men go and find Vedius and bring him there next scene so the next scene is kind of at the villa once they bring him back body comes in and they start just kind of talking and the subject matter switches to gladiators and the games um and gaia says body is just such psychology he said oh are you looking to purchase some gladiators for the games he says yes but i'm looking to vedius's ludus and body Badiata says, "Oh, oh, Bodies. good for you. You'll have fun." And uh, like, strike it from mine. Gaia, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Gaia has a backhanded comment, says, Vettius will see you well attended and, you know, still heavy in purse. Essentially saying, like, his shit is inexpensive. Yeah. It's cheap. His gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> Boris is just like, what, what do you think? I, I can't spend money? Like, I'm a senator. It's, it's all so perfectly yep. orchestrated. Yeah. They're working in such, like, good unison. The, the brain trust of Lucretia, Gaia, and Badiatis just work in the angles of this senator. And then, and then right away, like, uh, Varys asked, like, Badiatis, like, wait, or, like, how are his men? How do you compare? I would not speak ill of a brother Lanista <laughs> yeah. after we just watched him beat the shit out of him. Yeah, and yeah. literally have his slave piss on his face. It's just, Badiatis is the guy. That yeah. said, they proceed to literally shit talk Vettius. Like, Gaia is absolutely flicking her bean to, like, Badiatis' <laughs> gladiators. Like, she is gushing. She is just playing this part like you would not believe. And just, like, the topic of the discussion is body Otis's boys are good. Vettius is a pussy, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Guy is just a smooth operator. I like Guy. Dude, I like a guy I is a good character. Love Gaia. <laughs> like she's yeah. such a good character. So as we progress, um, they say, Yeah, come take a look for yourself. Uh so then they walk to the balcony and they want to do a demonstration for Varus. Um, Gannicus is named first. Obviously, he's the champion of the house. Um, and they say a demonstration, a one-on-one fight, and Gaia, who once corrects this, says, what about the goal? And uh, Batiatis tries to back out and say, oh, that won't be much of a fight, I fear, like, uh, Crixus is new. He doesn't even have the mark, you know. Yeah, they, they insist that Crixus should be in the fight. So it is Crixus versus Gannicus. And, and Gannicus- also, quickly, though, uh, I don't know why, but they – they made it a point to highlight Diana, who's Navia's friend. Like when they say Crixus, they just like show her face and she's just like wet. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't know why, but like, another small thing is that, well, Crixus gets pussy. We all know <laughs> yeah. But another small thing they do is that when Crixus gets called up officially, that Barca is pissed. And on, no, no, no. Anonymous Barca, has I thought a it was look. more Barca's boyfriend is pissed. Right, Barca okay, says, yeah. his boyfriend. I thought it was – go ahead. Barca's boyfriend says, what a fucking jest, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's – okay. okay. But uh, all so they do show on Emmaus, too, like making, like, one of his little looks. Because he not... expected to be picked first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that would have been great. Really could have had the dream play right there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's – nevertheless, we get – Gannicus versus Crixus. With steel blades. Right. Yes. Uh, Varus – Senator Varus takes it as a slight that they're only using wood. He says, so they're not going to fight like men. They upgrade to steel. Gannicus, they're squaring up. Gannicus says, the gods have heard you. They present opportunity for you to become champion. And Crixus has got the fire in his eyes. He's locked and loaded, no, ready open. to go. Eye of the tiger. <laughs> mouth yeah, the, open, yeah. yeah he's just, uh, weirdly has his mouth open for mouth like all of this scene before the fight. It's weird. But yeah, so this 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 fight I thought was just awesome. Like it, we both we all kind of knew this was not. I would hope you guys would have thought that it was not going to end in someone's dying. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I thought they just did the backdrop, like the sky with the cliff. Like always, the sky is raging yeah. in House Badiatas. So yeah. that shit looks epic, and they're just going right at it with blades. And it's just <laughs> like Crixus does the the epic Spartacus scream, like ah, like right in the beginning, yeah. just start launching super it's, into the charges. Yeah. It's a yeah. surprisingly good fight, actually. I thought Gannicus was going to have him pretty wholeheartedly, but Crixus gets a couple licks in. Uh, it's a it's a flashback to, or rather, he just uses the disarmament yep. that Animaeus teaches him the exact same move, yep. right? He kind of disarms one of the swords, 
gets a shield bash in. So it, it's a good fight until Gannicus turns it on, gets his other sword back, and Crixus does a lunge, and it, it was kind of a weird shot where it's terrible CGI. Gannicus yeah. just hits him with both swords right in the shield and just picks him dead out of the sky after he jumps up, and he just like kind of plops. Yeah. No sugar coating. It looks awful. Yeah, pauses yeah. him in midair. Like it was still a cool move. It's just uh, that yeah. specific scene. But it, like, I will obviously say, like, while Crixus like made it a cool fight there. Like Gannicus could have killed him three times if it was like in the arena before that he would have yeah. even gotten to that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but based on just like how Crixus learns and like how quickly he's growing, like if there was just like a fantasy gladiator draft, I'm I think out of all of the gladiators, I would take Crixus just for his mindset and his potential. Like he'd be my first overall pick. He's such a good person to have fighting for your house. Dude, Especially we should do it. We should do a draft. <laughs> I like that pod. Seriously, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> if you're God, talking man. the value you would get paying slave, like, fresh recruit money for a Crixus, like, at this point, that's just return on investment right there. Uh, but anyway. It's like a 10th so, round draft pick. Yeah, uh, value. Right. Let us know if you want a draft <laughs> for the gladiators. Fancy yeah. gladiators. All right. Uh, um, but anyway, moving on, uh, the decision. So Gannicus has Crixus kind of pinned, and they look up to the balcony. What's the verdict? Uh, the decision falls to Gaia whether or not to let Crixus live because she elected him and insisted on him being in the demonstration. And Gaia lets Crixus live. Mm-hmm. Which we were saying when we yeah. were watching, it was like if she, if Gaia just said like basically what uh what was the thumbs down? What was the little bitch boy who killed Varro's name again? He's an M. Numerius. Numerius. If yeah. she just pulled a Numerius right there, the Ooh. whole entire Spartacus rebellion would never have happened. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which well, is just obviously we know Crixus isn't going to die, but it's definitely a, a nice. Not, it's not a, a full parallel, but like to we've seen people fuck around when we get to like making that decision. Yeah. Like we just talked about with Numerius and things like that. So there are there's a little bit of baited breath and at there. At this point, honestly, Crixus doesn't have any standing in Badiatus's head. Seriously. So like, if she said die, he'd be like, all right, kill him. He kill doesn't him die because. He gets I pussy. know why. Because <laughs> he gets like pussy. He's yeah. too hot. God, to it's it's so, literally like, that. Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah like, 100%. She, I mean, goat. that's why it's funny that she chooses him because she she would, she would should think that he'd lose, but she wants him. So why would you want him to die? I mean, she doesn't know that she's going to be the one to choose his fate, but yeah. Yeah. she wants to watch him in action. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I guess. But she wants to watch him in that mortal embrace, she says. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, she would have, if he did die, she would have walked into the other room, never remembered. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a slave. Um, she wants but to anyway. give him some opium. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking, speaking of her walking of opium, into the other room, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she essentially says, oh, let's go back into the villa, talking to Varus to uh, experience some other delights, and essentially says, let's go get fucked up. And, and, and this is actually where what we were talking about with she starts pulling – uh, the senator away wh- and mm-hmm. says, no need for business right now. And Body Otis is like, what the hell's going on here? And yep. she's like, don't worry, I know him. I'll, we'll take care of this, you know? Yeah. And then Body Otis starts bitching Lucretia when he walks away. But I think he's just complaining to complain because Guy is right. Like, well, he takes it back. He does say, like, I, whatever that he says, something about the gods strike me if for, for saying that right. about you, you know, for not believing you. Exactly. Body Otis learns real quick that Gaia is a homie. Yeah. I like that. I think it's cool to think about. I also think that some of his social manipulation skills were advanced by being around Gaia as well. Like in next season. Yeah. Yeah. So like he learns later on to take it, you know, that she's on his squad, but he's definitely still pissed in that moment. Oh yeah. Right. He takes it right out on I mean he turns around and takes it out on Doctore in the next scene. Oh yeah. 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 Because he's talking to Doctore because Doctore says like OG what did he say Dr. to him? Ray, right? Yeah, when yeah. he's like, he questions him about giving the Syrians the mark, 
because he says give the Syrians the mark and he's like well what the hell they didn't have the test and he's like if they passed my test he's yeah. like, your father would never do something like this and Batiatis basically is the final straw where he says like go tell Anameas that like he is the new doctore Yep. Yes. Right. Yeah. Think, is... Yeah. What did you guys think about that? That's the see. So we watched. We did a rewatch, and we did the second half together. And I actually, my rewatch, your guys' rewatch was my first time seeing the second half of the episode. Mm-hmm. And I literally said, like, well, that sucks because we're never going to see Anamaya's fight. He's going to be right. He's going to be Doctore again. And and then, yeah. well, we'll see mm-hmm. in a couple scenes. But I mean, that was my reaction. I was like, damn already like i wanted i literally wanted this whole prequel for him to be yeah you know i think it was good i mean the whole it's almost like having a new head coach come into a football franchise body is trying to instill his culture at the ludus you know like if people aren't gonna buy in they're not gonna buy in and if you have a you know well regarded offensive coordinator who still wants to do his thing in this og doctor you got to be like cleaning house get the fuck out of here you were the last guys coach like you're not here anymore so i think it was very logical like it was gonna happen yeah, yeah. it was gonna happen he and might not now, it might not have happened in the way he wanted it to yeah but yeah. i mean it had to happen make yeah. no mistake animaeus will be referred to henceforth as doctor yeah this is, is the moment the one and well yeah. i hope i guess okay after moment. at least yeah. after this episode after this episode i hope he's a detective <laughs> in the next couple of episodes oh, you can't just have Doctor without him being some sort of a detective. <laughs> no, it, He's always asking. It absolutely questions. would have been upsetting if like it went smoothly the pass between him right. to saying you're Doctor now. And you even say, like, fuck, man, like really? Like yeah. but the way it happens in this following up scene is just I I thought it was awesome. It was pretty epic. And this next scene is another dual scene. This yeah, I was, I was yeah. just gonna say so the have, coming up is gonna be we're right. gonna be weaving in and out of settings basically Aganicus up in the villa and then in parallel with OG Doctore and Doctore Doctore. Yeah. 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 So Aganicus is being what? presented. We're being uh, he being prepared to be presented to Varus. And Batiatis basically says, you do whatever the fuck this guy asks. Like, if he asks you to suck his cock dry, he'll savor every drop. Oh, yeah. God. And he's yeah. Aganicus just like, I guess. <laughs> Like, oh, we have singular mind. He's like, yeah. That's like one of, I mean, it's the first time that Ganicus is like legitimately upset about something. And he's yeah. like, fuck this slave life. Because before yeah. he's like, ah, I got the freedom. I'll fuck and drink well, and fight. But now he's like, oh, this obligation blows. Yeah. I mean, that's, no fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's literally like with his, with his personality, you would think that he would fight back more. But actually, his personality has him drinking and quote unquote partying and just living in the moment, but he always does follow his orders when yeah. he's given orders, yep. you know? Well, yeah, he yeah. just wants to, I mean, it's part of the, he mean, flies a little under the, I mean, obviously he's like a big personality, but he flies under the radar in the sense that he's not trying to get in trouble right. for shit. Cause he just wants to keep living his life. And at this point, it's not like we've, yeah, like you're saying, we haven't seen him disobey a command. Right. He never questions it. He's just like, Oh, I yeah, suck like Spartacus would be like, yeah. "Where's my sword? Damn. Your head's yeah. coming off." Yeah, he's dude. like, "I'm not <laughs> sucking anything." You know that if that quote was happening, there'd be like a knife next to an apple on the table, and he'd be eyeing it. He'd be yeah, like yeah. walking closely, closer and closer to it. It's <laughs> very refreshing to have a champion of the house that isn't just like plotting. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I just want to grind through these scenes. Um, We're gonna go back and forth. As things are happening. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, I don't have them back and forth. I, 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 I have them. Okay. I have them. All right, so 
when we get Gannicus, he's he's present after that conversation with Badiatis, he gets presented to Varus. And you know, this fetish guy, dude, he's yeah. like he's like the weirdest dude ever. Yeah. Um, and the only reason he could be this weird is because he has so much money. Yeah, I was but just gonna say he I is hope just we don't the, get like that when we get the definition of dumb rich in so, a society that lets people own people. So uh Lucretia, Gaia, I don't know if Badiatis is, but definitely Varus. They're all kind of hopped up on opium now. Like they've yeah, been Varus they've is, been yeah. partying again, yeah. so they're getting a little, you know, loose. Um, so Gannicus gets presented and Badiata says basically whatever you want, he's yours. So he gets up, does a little weird thing. He's pretty much just like touching his body and stuff. And, you know, Badiata is trying to sell him like, this is a God of the arena. Like he, he does all this thing. And he's like, I don't care about any of that. Like, you're just saying things to me. He's like, let me grab some dick. <laughs> and he fucking does. And then, and then basically it leads to him saying, I want to see a demonstration. Let me see him bang. And then he points to lucretia's handmaid being uh melita Melita. so right away you you feel the tension like like, you see her look and she's like wait hold on like because she knows she has a deal with house body artist like she's got a husband and stuff and then he's you know gynicus is just kind of just standing there whatever complete roller coaster of emotions for him because at first he's like damn this dude's gonna want to fuck me and then he's like okay cool i get to fuck someone and then it's like i gotta fuck her and it's just like damn i mean Mm -hmm. the the writers are so good at making awkward sex scenes man spartacus and alithia and then this one like my gosh oh man it's but lucretia is hesitant she gives a look for the same reason that she was hesitant to give navia away I mean, maybe not the same exact reason, but when she didn't want to give Navy away in season one to Asher, it's because like, that's like her most personal slave. Like, it's not just like a, she never used Navy. It's just fuck things. Like she would, same way she would not use Melita. Melita's like the head of all the other slaves. So, and I mean, and Batiata shows a little bit of it later too. Granted, obviously they fucking own people. So fuck them, but they have a little bit of like, that empathy towards them where it's like they feel yeah. bad right, about right, it. Right, right, right. Which only them do these gets thrown out of the door when a higher Roman comes in. Yeah. Then it's like, I don't care anymore. Right. Um, okay, so this, this is like where the parallels kind of start. So you see Gannicus and Melita, and then you flash over, you see OG Doctore being super aggressively mad about the fact that, you know, he's got to pass on the Doctore title and he's got a brand asher and dagan even though they didn't rightfully earn the the mark of badiatis so he's doing this whole thing where he's just pissed and just grabbing the iron and just shoving it onto dagan's arm dagan doesn't really care he just put it on my arm done asher gets up he's about to get the same exact thing except he like you were saying brian like he cares yeah at least more than you would be led on to believe from the first season about um like the rights and like the the, the tradition yeah, right exactly right, right so he's like shouldn't we say the words he's like i'm not letting you ru-. the og doctor says i'm not letting you ruin more traditions and just kind of brands him and it's actually makes no sense yeah. he's actually about to beat the shit out of asher with yeah the, with the um with yeah. the iron and that's when doctor kind of calls him out and so from here on out we can just cover one or the other but basically it's going to be doctor let us Doctore, see you have learned then all our that kind i can teach scene. there's not a lot well there's not on. too much i yeah. mean they're having sex and animaeus and doctor fight if you guys have any highlights for the fight it's just really cool because it kind of they have a good scrap at each other where animaeus is holding back because he doesn't want to fight the right. og doctor but og doctor is actually just choice. presses him. Yeah, he he actually slices him once, and then Animaeus he's going for death. Like yeah, Animaeus yeah. flips a switch and says, "Okay, we're going for this." Um, and the fight kind of like it 
it kind of keeps moving throughout the the ludus and eventually they wind up on the cliff side which is a really cool just spot for this intense fight to go down um and at the same time that anime is finally you know kills the og doctore and becomes detective doctore officially mm. um you know, Ganicus finishes in Melita. The fight finishes when Ganicus finishes. Oh, and two quick things there. Those are the parallels. So the one thing I noticed is, like, honestly, I always bring this up, but, like, the music and the and the um, score is so good. Yeah. Like, they just have a choir of people going, like, ah. <laughs> it's just, like, getting higher and higher as Dr. Roy goes for the stab. Faster and, and as, faster as Ganicus' ass is moving faster and faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, the other important thing to know there is you could kind of tell, but Melita, by the end of that whole right. scene, was, like, into it getting into it yeah she was like she's very his, uncomfortable yeah, she was grabbing some ass and it was just like you could just tell yeah like, <laughs> she went from like crying to kind of like making eye contact yeah, and like you I'll know gra- you. you know whatever um but yeah that that scene just has multiple climaxes <laughs> i'll give you that so <laughs> that was a good little run right there we had yeah, yeah. So, does anybody have it? I feel like that was a great place to end the, that parallel scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next thing we have is Animaeus, a.k.a. This is the last time we'll refer to him as Animaeus primarily and Badiatus. Animaeus essentially says, I, I don't know, OG Doctore just lashed out on me, and I don't know why Badiatus says it's it's because you're the new Doctore. Like, I promoted you to the mantle. He was probably emotional and upset about that which i want to stick a pin in it right here if you were og doctore that's a great way to go out because oh, he yeah. clearly had respect for animeus as a fighter and probably like if the circumstances weren't such maybe he was a few years older and ready to just quote-unquote retire animeus would be a worthy person to take over the mantle it was probably sooner than he wanted but this I, is a great way to go out i also don't know what would have become of him because the reason when Mm -hmm. when asher gets his promotion i guess you can say in the season one like he's getting promoted to live in the villa and be a close where i guess like a close right hand man to body and this it's what there was no way that was happening and i mean animaeus when he's getting his promotion he's becoming a free Lanista, you I know? don't know what. So yeah, done. what what happens? You know, maybe send him to the mines. Yeah, maybe mines. Maybe kill him. Maybe I don't know. Literally, like it, this was a good way for OG Doctor to kind of yeah. have the end of his arc. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, Anime. Yeah, Badiatis says you're the new Doctor to Anime, so he becomes privy to that information. Uh, Varus is coming down from his high. As he's got one foot out the door, he's saying bye to Gaia and essentially tells Badiatis, I'm going to put Ganicus in the Primus. So Ganicus gets the top billing of the opening games for the new arena. Mm -hmm. So the stage is set for that. Yeah. Whoo, that's going to be. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Um, And then Badiatis tells Ganicus and Melita not to mention anything to Animaeus. Essentially, because Badiatis knows these kind of bonds that they have. He says it's not worth ruining a brotherhood or a marriage over telling him this. Just keep it to yourselves, essentially. So I think that's going to come to a head. Although, Animaeus is so such a good guy. He'd probably understand. Yeah, like, if they gosh. presented it to him, I feel like it's worth to hide it from him. It's cool that Badiatis gets recognized by the writers of being a character that would absolutely know the relationship between Ganicus and Animaeus and saying like yeah. don't fuck this up because like this is not just going to be bad for me it's going to be bad for you and like this is, just don't tell him right yeah. mm-hmm. you know? and then we finished the episode with another great oh. score because I have what well, this is the first time I've written down 
like something about the music, but it's, I just have, it's a montage of nice, like conflicting, sad and happy scenes with a nice little acoustic guitar and a piano playing in the background. And we kind of get happy scenes being on the slave owners <laughs> yeah, versus everyone else being pissed. Happy, yeah. Like, seems they are too. Dude. Holy shit. Did you guys see this coming? This is dope. Oh, no. They kind of hinted at it with in the first season when Gaia, I mean, we, I don't even think we touched on it in the first episode when Gaia was like watching them hook up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I figured that like, I mean, we, yeah. it's funny that I think it's episode two. It might be episode one where Lucretia says, I've never been with another man. I've never been with a slave. And, you know, that disgusts me. That was which really cracks funny. me up, yeah, you know, because happened. obviously what we know later. Yeah. Um, and then we also like how how the big change happens. I mean, we've already talked about season one where they just got slaves all over and orgies, you know, doing whatever they need to do, squeezing nips and stuff. Yeah. But like, it's, it's a complete transition oh, of their yeah. mindset in almost the most like power hungry way possible. That's Gaia, yeah. baby. Yeah. Dude, fuck yeah, Gaia. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I guess to recap the scenes themselves, we have Melita alone washing herself, uh, crying. Then obviously we have the little three way action. And then we have Gannicus getting returned to his cell and standing up and staring at Melita through the bars of the cell, which is something that I don't know. I didn't know. I don't know if I saw coming personally well, yeah, the first time I saw it. What did you think about I just this saw whole it, situation? I think it was just an unspoken acknowledgement of what happened and that it's awkward. Like they were more than just like it was more than Gannicus was Animaeus's best friend, so therefore he was sympathetic to the wife. Like I think him and Melita like were friends in and of themselves like oh yeah they, I mean, for sure they yeah. really enjoyed each other's company in the way that friends do they were and like, like the trio it, it's they are the it trio. just they both knew that they had to do what they did but it's uncomfortable for them and it's going to be going forward especially the longer that they keep this information from animes and i think that was just an unspoken acknowledgement of it's what are we going to do ahead. about this yeah this is going to be very tough to live with ourselves after this yeah. and then we, we see that we can expand upon this more in a second mm -hmm. we just like the literally like the last thing about yeah the i was whole just gonna say is just so after ganicus like does that whole thing where he goes back to the champion's quarters and you know looks out we get melita going to animaeus's cell after animaeus specifically asked for that from Badiatis. right and he's like well, yeah yeah i mean real quick rewind that whole talk with Animaeus and Badiatis, literally right behind them, behind the curtain. Is them getting is dressed. That, is them getting dressed for yeah. this banging. Unbelievable. I think he, even Badiatis has like a little. He's kind of like turning him a yeah, little yeah, bit. Like, like, yeah, he like yeah, looks to make sure the curtain's pulled over and stuff. And it was. So obviously Animaeus didn't see anything. But Detective. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in Animaeus' cell, the last kind of thing <laughs> we get not. is, is Animaeus feeling incredibly guilty and bad about having have killed his original mentor his right. the he, armor too right the yeah, Doctor he, army. yeah exactly nice so catch he's, yeah he's super upset that he had to kill og Doctor and he's saying like you know like i messed up i did something really bad and then melita like hugs him and obviously she's talking about herself when she says this like we do what we must in this house and that's pretty much the last scene i think yep, it fades after it. that yeah yep. all right so now we can quickly talk about going forward like what so i kind of cut you off a little bit but what do you think about what is the dynamic of those three yeah gonna be? Like, I have just give a, me a guess i'm a little scared that it's actually going to be like i do think that it's going to turn to some kind of ganicus and melita no i don't know about relationship but i'm saying there's gonna like it's gonna be awkward and it, the ass yeah, yeah yeah i mean and i i want to say too i i made this joke when we were re-watching when i saw the first scene with Gannicus and Melita's in the crowd and they look at each other. I thought they were banging. Like I literally did. And then you said something like, oh, like 
when it was time and it wasn't any kind of spoiler, you were just like, yeah, it's, they're just friends. You know, there's a few times even before that, that they literally show Melita and Gannick as locking eyes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously during the sex scene, we know that there was nothing going on before because of how bad she takes yeah. it and he takes it. But Kyle said the same thing. Like he thought that there was like a look in the beginning of the episode where it's like, I never thought of it like that, especially because of what you're saying. Like it didn't, it feels like that sex scene was like the first sign of Melita not thinking him as like, right. you know, I like think being a little weird. Any like shots of them locking eyes could just be, I, I legitimately think like Melita might be his second favorite person in the entire Ludus other than Animaeus. Right. I think they, they are just very close companions. Like, you know, they're friends. They're yeah. good friends. That's where I was like that when you watch watching it for the first time, I completely agree. Oh, I definitely yeah. take it that way now, 100%, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. with the knowledge that we have. So uh, we'll see, though. Going forward, what are our expectations as far as what? There's nothing you guys can predict, three I guess. Through but six. Dude, yeah. yeah, I feel like we, I don't know how much time jumps during these four more episodes, but. We said we wanted to maybe see Crixus injuring Asher, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's just going to be mostly their relationship building this season because I feel like it's going to be Crixus's Crix eye, Crix eye, Crix eye, like climbing up the ladder finally get because he doesn't even have the mark yet. Yeah. You know, okay. So I'm gonna say that it, it would make a lot of sense. We we know that Crixus takes out his leg in the arena during right. a match. I could see a Based two on dialogue from episode season one, you're yes. saying? Correct. Yes. Blood and sand. We yeah. know that happens. I think it's going to be in a 2v2 match or a 2v1, you know, where it's Asher paired with Crixus against either two other people or against another entity, and that's where it's going to happen. I think we're going to get that, okay. and it would make sense because right now they're both recruits. Towards the end you know, of the season, or you're thinking, like, early enough where they're, they're, they're just all of a sudden – because we know that Asher does have wins in the arena because yeah. uh, Badiatis tells them, you know, okay, you've had wins, but they're not enough yeah. for people mm -hmm. to care anymore. You're probably right. It probably won't happen until episode five, six. Yeah. I don't expect us to get to it on our next podcast episode, right. which will be episodes three and four. Um, but I think we're going to get it. Also, okay. we need to start progressing the plot of Salonius versus Badiata. Yeah. Something has to happen there. I don't know what, um, except that it's probably going to be Salonius's fault, which we said earlier. Okay. Um, Guys, there's so much good shit. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm expecting Gannicus and the Primus next episode. Yeah, I and can't I wait have to imagine the first time seeing our, our freaking boy, who I just had the audacity to say I already like more than Spartacus, yeah. in the arena, Upper Hand Spank and New Arena. Yeah. And just to set, just to set the uh, expectations, the finale of season two is incredibly epic in the same manner as the season uh, one like it's well, i love it it's dude it's, it. it's insane we're praise. watching obviously watching that, that one live that together. very high praise oh yeah yes. bro come on season oh god i'm, I'm gonna stop right yeah. now <laughs> so i guess the last thing that i want to say for the episode before i guess we'll sign off is that um there's only one way to become champion never fucking lose i heard that mm, i love it baby we're going to be continuing our binge with us rooks and vets series as we progress through spartacus gods of the arena next up we'll be covering episodes three and four entitled uh potter familius and beneath the mask respectively if you're not caught up yet be sure to go back and listen to our binge with us series covering spartacus blood and sand as always if you like what you heard give binge town tv a follow on twitter and instagram and subscribe to our show on spotify 
Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening.